Bank Shift Billy, Mr. Bill Armstrong is a total badass. Listen, the uh, the stories that we're about to get into are great, but the product he's developed is awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. We're going to dive deep into that stuff. Andy's computer repair. Almost had to call him right there live on on YouTube and Facebook. Um, and then Hawassi Tire and Lube. If y'all don't know, Jarrett at Hawassi Tire helps us out, always giving us tires for the cart and the old truck. All we do is burnouts in those things. So, you know, obviously we go through a ton of tires. So thanks to those guys. But I need two favors before we start. Uh, I need the guys that are watching to hit the like button on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, like I was talking about a while ago, with Facebook being down, there's going to be a ton of folks on it. So if you'll hit the like button now, um, as we roll through, Facebook will show it to more folks. So definitely need to do that. And if you will, just hit the share button and share it out there. You don't have to put any comments or anything. Just get it out so all your folks know that uh, that what we're doing. I'm going to go and hit like right now on it. Oh, sweet. Boom. Thanks. There we go. <laughs> there it is. That's got to mean something if the dude on there is also hitting the like button. They got to know that, right? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> So, um, obviously, we're live right now. Um, I will be turning this into a podcast, so there'll be some edited stuff. Uh, one thing I find about podcasts for me is that I'll listen to them in the shop because I don't like to maybe leave the video running on my phone while I'm under the hood of the old truck or in the cart or something like that. So, so we'll be converting this into a podcast. And, the uh, well, you can find us everywhere, all the major podcasts, uh, <coughs> under Narcoleptic Customs. But tonight is the first in a series of what we're going to call the business of burnouts, which is people like Bill Armstrong, who are obviously involved in the performance aftermarket, um, guys that do events, host events, you know, create products like what we're going to talk about in a little bit uh, with Bankshift Billy and all of that. And so this is going to be an entire series that we're going to keep going with. I uh, have always been super interested in how people develop products, how people bring those to market. And then, you know, what, what's it like to build something for people and put it out there in the world and, and it sell, you know, like you sell your first one, you're like, holy shit, we've got stuff <laughs> in the world. Somebody in another state that's not a friend of mine bought my product. You know what I mean? So, it's, so I'm excited to go through terrifying. some of that. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, again, we're going to talk to a ton of folks. I do want to give a little bit of background on, uh, on Bill real quick. Do you go by Bill, Billy, Bankshift, Billy, BSB? What do you want me to call you? Oh my God. And the, the list of names is long. Depends if you're my ex-wife. or Yeah. I was gonna say, we don't need to know what your ex-wife calls you still. Yeah. She actually doesn't talk to me. So that's even better. Hmm. But uh, yeah, Bill, I normally go by Bill or All Billy. Right. A lot of people have been calling me Billy now because of it. And that's what my mom calls me. So it's fine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a special name right there. So a, a couple cool things, and I've been sharing pictures since you said yes, that you would do this. I've been sharing pictures of the car, but um, its name is Quick Henry, right? Yep, yep. Um, I, we're definitely going to get into some story of that. And the Motion Raceworks video on nine, on you on 930 did, Dude, like, it kind of so, lays out. Yeah. <laughs> it lays so out. So great. Yeah, it was awesome, man. When I so I was putting my questions together and get a notification on YouTube from Motion, and I'm like, "Oh, are you serious? This is going to be great!" And it gave me a ton of info that uh, we're going to expand on, of course, because theirs is like six minutes, and this is going to be like 
I don't know, 90. So I hope you're ready. Um, but it, <laughs> quick, quick Henry's a 67 Fairlane, right? No, 66. Uh, oh, ruined. I cannot believe I did that. Sorry, man. You want to restart the thing? Yeah, yeah. Completely restart. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to Narcs of the Customs. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Uh, eight second car, like <clears throat> 870s, right? Yeah. Stick shift. So, you know, everybody always talks about the man pedal. If, if you're running an eight second time in a twin turbo, small block Ford powered stick shift, you know, like um, I would call that a big body car. I mean, that's not like a Fox body or like what would be a Mustang of those years, you know? What? Yeah. So it, it's kind of a mid, I think they called it the midsize ah. uh, because the galaxy, they look very similar, but the galaxy is a full frame car. The oh, Fairlane is a unibody like the Mustang. Um, it's actually a very funny story as to how I end up with this particular car. So when I was 17, I totaled my first car, which was a Mazda. <laughs> so, and I, you know, and then uh, I told my parents because I had to go to the hospital. Like it was, it was oh, man. frightening for my mom. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, God, I don't think I ever want a Mustang. Wow, well, really the wrong thing to ever say. So they held me to it. But uh, I knew that my stepdad, they had had a Fairlane when he was a kid. And I had bought this Ford book for my best friend. And of course I was reading it in the bathroom. I bought it for him for Christmas and I had to preview it before I gave it to him. Well, yeah, totally. And I'm looking through this and I see this Fairlane GT in there. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty sweet looking car. And so I start reading about it and they're like, it's a unibody. It's only 400 pounds heavier than a Mustang. I'm like, that's the one right there. <laughs> and so I went down and I said, you know what? I said, I was thinking a lot about what you guys said. And I'd like to get an old car that's big and heavy, that is safe, that I can work on. And they were like, oh, yeah, what do you think? And they're kind of rolling their eyes. I'm like, I'm thinking about a Fairlane. And he lights up. He goes, oh, we used to have Fairlane. I was like, woo, <laughs> fine and sinker. Like, yeah. I got him. That's awesome. And then, and then we went and looked at one, and it was all primer and already had a Cleveland motor in it. And they wanted, I don't even remember, like 4000 bucks or something. I was like, oh, that's way too much money. And then we went and looked at this one at night. It was a freaking wreck. And I was just like, we're getting this one. And it was a mess. I mean, had the wrong rear end in it. So the spring perches were not the right thing. So it was cocked to one side and up. And it had a power steering front end, but no power steering. So it was like, and it had that, that wood grain steering wheel. That when you turn it, the horn would go off. Yep. <laughs> right? And you drive down the road like this just to keep it straight because it would wander all over. The side pipes that came out under the doors, the original 289 with a, with way too much cam for a stock converter. Like it was just a mess. I mean, the car was, it was perfect. For That's us. awesome. <laughs> like, especially for a 17 year old, like you have no idea what <clears throat> transmission stuff means, what converters mean. You're like, this sounds amazing. Yeah, it. yeah, it was, yeah, and it went, uh, after some work, you know, I, I replaced the transmission, it had an FMX in it, and I nice. put a C4 in it, and I put a 9-inch in it, and some gears, and it's one of those things, like, you know, when you're used to a 17-second car, which is what it was <laughs> in the beginning, yeah. and then you do a gear swap or something, and then it's in the 16s, the first time you, like, punch it with one of those changes, like a gear swap or a converter, Yep. <clears throat> or something you're like oh my god what have i done 
Yeah, and this then, is the fastest car I've ever been in. <laughs> totally, totally. And um, yeah, so it would make those progressions. And then it sat in storage for six years while I was in college and I did not get an MD. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, but uh, my parents were always like, you know, you should sell that to help pay for school and stuff. I'm like, I'm not selling it. I'm going to drive my kids on Sundays to get ice cream in it. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And we've done burnouts in front of the kids' school and <laughs> all kinds cool. of stuff. So they love that's it. That's cool. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that's, that's kind of – and I, I can go on as far as the progressions to where yeah, it's gotten. We, I, I definitely want to tell that story because, like, what's crazy now – I mean, that car makes, I mean, 1,300 wheel th – more than 1,300 wheel horsepower. Yeah. It's a stick shift, and you don't own a truck and trailer. Is that right? No. No, the closest thing I have to a truck, and I, I bought it uh, earlier this summer, I have a 2003 Land Cruiser with 200,000 miles on it. <laughs> nice. That's all I have, and I wouldn't want to pull a trailer with that. No, the brakes on those aren't aren't rated for trailers, I don't think. <laughs> I didn't even know that, so thank you. <laughs> I mean, they are. They say they'll tow like 5,500 pounds, but... Man, I don't Ooh. know. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, and really like, you know, we, you and I have been on, uh, I think you did 2.0 last year, right? Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we've been on two race weeks now. Obviously I've always been around the car. People love that thing. People like you. I mean, it's always a plus. Um, we're going to get into some funny stories because so if you've had that car since 17, I mean, you've had that car, what? 20 31, years, 31 years. Dang, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. You, you know, it makes funny. me feel old. It's more than half of my life now. It's well, crazy. You know, so I've had my old truck since I was 15 and I turned 40 this year. So it's the same thing. Like, you know, it's always like when you have something that long, like it is family. You know what I mean? The, the old truck won't go away. You know, it, yeah. you just, yeah, it, it'll sit idle for a while. Um, I saw a video on your car on, I think, a YouTube channel from like 2018 uh, called resto mod or something like that. And it was like a bunch of pictures of the buildup of that car. So it looks like yeah, you, you like went, yeah, went down and like, I mean, just tons and tons of mm -hmm. paintwork. And of course it had a couple super grainy um, videos of like the dyno pools and things like that. Uh, I, somebody needs to follow you around for like a month <laughs> and just <laughs> get that car. Uh, and then I think, uh, was it on James, James shower, uh, build tune race. It was on his dyno or something like last year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We that set, the record, set the record on his, I know that particular day. Um, yeah, I get made, it made like 1209. Um, and <clears throat> I tell you what, like these guys that do these dyno pulls, especially the ones where they freaking launch off a trans break or something. <laughs> Dude, I'm terrified of the dyno. Like, yeah. like I know that going to the track and making a pass is probably way harder on it. But I get on the dyno and we're like full power for like two seconds. I'm like out of it. I'm like, God, that's got to be enough data, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like no, yeah. you need to be on there for like four or five seconds, like what a fourth gear pull is at the track. Yeah. It's just because you hear stuff like you like that can't be right because oh, the yeah. car is not moving. You don't have your helmet on. and yep. It's terrifying. But, well, uh, and you yeah. know, you got a wheel speed of 150 <clears throat> miles an hour or something like that. You know what I mean? Especially on that car, like that car's one been one late 160s, um, right? 165, yeah. God, I dude, will say I'm a, I'm a 
yeah, I'm a big fan of the hub dyno over a wheel dyno because yeah. it totally eliminates a tire failure, slippage, yep. strapping the car down, all that yep. stuff. Like if I got to go to the dyno anymore and make any kind of power, I'm going to go down and use his hub dyno because A, his hub dyno is badass. And, uh, yeah. um, and that setup is just, that's just the way to do it. You eliminate all the variables of slippage and, I mean, you see these videos of tires failing on a dyno and yeah. ripping the quarter off the car. I, I don't want any part of that because guess what? When we're done with the dyno, I still got to drive it home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That Land Cruiser ain't towing that thing home. No, and Pueblo's two uh, two plus hours from here to his dyno. Dude, so. that's wild. So drive it down, load it on the hub dyno, make twenty pulls, load it back, or like load the car up and drive home. Not like load it on a trailer. But like load whatever you brought with you back up. Yeah, load the stuff back in the trailer, hook it up to the car and drive it home. <laughs> yep. So yeah. How many miles do you think that car has? Well, we're getting way off track here, but how many miles do you think that car has uh with the trailer behind it? Oh, let's see. Um oh more. Uh probably more than it does without a trailer. So so I okay, so here's what I can tell you is I just sold my old race week trailer uh, yesterday, day before to Brian Lum. Um, and it has a solar panel and a battery and stuff in it. And hopefully not a lot of people are watching this, but I have a tracking device in the car and in the trailer. Nice. And the tracking device that was I in that trailer. I hope a lot of people are watching this. Hey, don't well, steal his shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, that one logged over 4,000 miles just in that trailer. And I didn't have that tracking device in there the whole time I had the trailer. So, oh, that's awesome. geez, I bet it's got 20,000 miles with a trailer behind it. That's amazing. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I mean, it, more, anything more yeah. than 1,000. You, you got to, I mean, like, that's what I hope people that have never been around Dragon Drive events understand. Like, that's real man shit. Like, that's loading your all your stuff up that you're going to need for the week and dragging it around with you is pretty amazing. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> oh man. Hell no. That's crazy. Uh, I, I want to thank destroy 1320 for the uh, Miller light fund donation. Oh, there for sure. I, uh, nice. I, I probably haven't given him enough props, but with the new segment, uh, him and I are developing an entire intro and whole thing for the, for the business of burnout. So can you I, show him the, can you show them the blurb you showed me or? Oh, no, we can't, we can't do that until we get into the bank shift. Okay. Stuff. Yeah, that's okay. what will lead us into that. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> okay. Destroyer did that. He will do that for anyone that has a YouTube channel or Facebook that wants to do videos. Um, Bill and I were talking about a little bit before we started. <laughs> and you can just reach out to him, mydestroyer1320 at gmail.com. He can hook you up with all kinds of. I mean, he'll literally do a live feed like this with you on there, show you some options and things like that. Super cool and uh, very, very reasonable, or I wouldn't be doing it. I'll guarantee it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. He has helped me a ton grow the channel and uh, we'll definitely I'm, be. <laughs> I'm looking at the comments, <laughs> Trevor. He says, you're the best pit buddy and a nightmare to keep up with on the oh, highway. <laughs> I can, dude, listen, you guys, uh, y'all roll out like you and Rich and whoever you're running with. I mean, y'all get down for sure. Uh, thanks. So <laughs> I have a funny story. So, you know, we uh, we did race week, the second one this year with um, Eric Wilson. He had that mm -hmm. international. Oh, yeah. Um, and his dad, um, 
texted me before race week. And he's like, hey, he goes, you know, my son is coming. He's going to be by himself this year. Um, <clears throat> would it be cool if he hangs with you guys? And I text him back. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I said, he could pit with us. I said, but I, we cruise pretty fast. I don't know if he's going to want to do that. And then I sent that, and then I'm thinking to myself, um, okay, so I want to have a good race week with with Rich because I didn't see him at all last year. And him and I talk literally like – a slow week would be three or four times we talk. Sometimes it's a, like I talked to him probably three times today alone, and he just got home. That's awesome. And, and I, all I'm thinking is the Wilsons are awesome, but normally every single race week they're replacing at least one motor or at least one transmission. And I'm like, all right, just just prepare for that. And sure as heck, we changed – I say we. I think I might have tightened one fluid fitting because um, – and I'm going to forget some of the names here, but there was like two Daves and they were just killer. Yeah. But they replaced that, that piston and rod assembly. And of course, Eric brought a couple of those with him. In full Dude, that, was the, that was the craziest part. So he was on telling that story. Like, I, I think like 10 days ago, like right after we got back, he was one of the first ones, right? After, it was Chris story uh, with the photos. Cause he quit his job to do race week photos. And then uh, Eric was on telling this. I had to have him on to tell the story of changing a rod and pissing on the side of the road. I mean. Yeah, I started the timer about 15 minutes after we got there. When I turned it off, it was three hours and 11 minutes. So call it three hours and 30 minutes that we were like rolling. Well, and it's crazy because like uh, I didn't know that truck was four wheel drive. So I thought it was like, I thought it was just um, the cool body <laughs> LS swap. LS running gear. You know what I mean? I thought, Oh, it'll have like some drop, you know, it'll be easy to drop the pan. No, he had to like drop the center section of the trans, uh, transaxle up front or whatever it is. Uh, axle. Yeah, up front. And I forget, but it's, it's just, a um, like what a 1500 chassis. Yeah. So he's yep. got air conditioning. He's got all oh, yeah. the power thing. He's got all the good stuff in that. Yep. Yep. And that, yeah. that truck's quick, you know, launches in four wheel drive. 1160s. That's really fast. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all about perspective. Like, yeah. like I know, like, like my car goes eight and I get yeah. that and that's, it's super neat. But like, dude, when it was a 16 second street car, it was pretty fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then like, it always made like three second jumps. So I got it down to like 16 twos. And then <clears throat> when I, before I graduated high school, I bought a 351 Cleveland for it. Now that motor didn't get done until I graduated college, but it made 440 horse on the dyno. Um, and this was at sea level. And the first time, like I drove it for like two or three days before I even got on it. Like, and then I punched it once and it was like, and I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? Another one of those went to the track. It went like mid low twelves. And I was like, Holy crap. So 16s to 12s. Yeah, and then whittled down on that and did some stuff, and then I did my first drag week with it, and it went, and that, then I switched it to a stick shift at that point. It went eleven sixty the drag week, and there's a video on my YouTube page about that drag week, and I just, it was so awesome. I was like, oh my god, it's in the elevens, this is amazing, <laughs> and then, um, and then my really good friend Bill Leak, who has done race week a bunch of times, he freaking ruined me. Oh, like, God. like if, if you want to build a budget car, never, ever ride in a buddy's boosted car ever, ever. because no. boost absolutely ruins you. 
So he gives me the, his ride in his 72 Ventura. He has a junkyard. Well, no, at the time when I met him, he had a Gen 1 small block in it. And <clears throat> I think he gave me a ride in it. I, I don't remember, but let's just say he had a junkyard LS in it. He had more money in the turbo than he did the motor. And it went freaking 980s or something yeah. crazy. He gave me a ride in it. And I walked away. I was like, oh, my God. I have wasted 20 years of my life <laughs> on NA stuff. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you, you mess around with carburetor jetting and maybe you play with valve lash. You're like, oh, I picked up seven horsepower. This is badass. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I just hit the up arrow, add a few pounds of boost, add like 100 a horse. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that was, uh, that really locked it in that I, uh, I built the motor that's in there. And then that made a, three second jump, you know, cause it was a nine second car at that so, point. So typically what would have happened there is somebody would have looked at the price to build small block Ford to make that kind of power. And they would have went, Hey, give me one of those junkyard LSs. But you were like, Nope, Nope. I want to stay small block Ford. Well, right. I, I'm mildly retarded. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, you take that however you want. <laughs> In some respects, I just, you know what, it's a Ford and I got to put a Ford in it. And funny thing is that the LS headers and the heads and all that, mm -hmm. they actually will bolt on a small block Ford. So, so, so I, I think the GM crowd is actually disillusioned that it's a GM motor. It's actually a Ford motor <laughs> yeah. that they put a GM badge on. That's why go. it's so awesome. But oh. the, real, the Ford real deal is even more awesome. So, <laughs> so, and then. What cemented it was, um, oh, I'm going to forget, uh, Zach Dickin Hedge's dad. What's his name? I forget. But he had a dart block Iron Eagle for sale. It was like 900 bucks less. It was still brand new in the box. He's like, yeah, project change direction. I'm yeah. like, Oof. I'm like out the door to go buy this. I go, well, I guess I'm building a boosted motor. And I'm like, I just saved 900 bucks. Mm -hmm. Really, totally disillusioned, right? Because I just yeah. spent X to save. Well, hey, shh. shh. <laughs> that's listen. That's how my wife explains it to me when she why she keeps buying shoes. It's you know, well, I saved all this money. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Same thing with car parts. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, and and uh, there's like some meme or something I've seen like. You know, if, if you die and your wife sells all your parts and junk for what what she thinks you yeah. paid for it, everybody's gonna get an awesome deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna love you. Uh, yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna hate her from the grave. That's right. That's right. So that's so that's where it started, and then um, you know, I didn't really know anything about uh, putting together a boosted setup, so <clears throat> I went with a local uh, engine builder. That built some really fast stuff and did a lot of Ford stuff. Um, and he put that thing together for me and it was awesome. I mean, it made on pump gas with him doing the tune up first, it made like 940 or 980 something to Damn. the tire on pump gas. Has it, has it always been twin turbo? Like since, since you went turbo, it's always yeah. twins. That's yep. Cool. Yep. Um, and then um, I did the first race week with that. And yeah, the valve train was absolutely destroyed when I got home because um, <laughs> I just didn't know about this stuff, you know, yep. and the cam was uh, the ramp rates, let's say, were really radical. I mean, it had over 900 pounds of 
open pressure on the springs. And I mean, I, I remember lashing the valves with Travis Cannon providing a tent in the hotel parking lot. And dude, the lash was so bad. I was like, ah, I don't know, just tighten them up. I freaking drove it home. And then I did one more event after that. <laughs> there was like needle bearings everywhere. Oh. Like it was a mess. And <laughs> so then, um, yeah. So then I started examining the valve train and um, I talked to my buddy, Rich Guido. Like we were, we met at Drag Week 2013. Oh, and wow. that's, a, that, that's a super funny story too. Um, so <clears throat> Drag Week 2013, I put a stick shift in my car because I had just found out about Drag Week, you know, 2010, 11, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, oh, and I had gone through a divorce in 2010. So that, you know, it's amazing what you can do after you get done with that. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> look at so all this, this money I suddenly have. <laughs> so uh, I don't have no, any... <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the case. It was really how much time I had. Oh, yeah, oh, there and, you go. And happiness makes a lot of things. Happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's for sure. <laughs> um, so I was like, I, I can't do this with an automatic because I had four fifty-seven gears in the car at the time. Oh, so dang. I put a TKO on it and I did drag week with 457 gears and it was fine. But I yeah. went by myself, didn't have a trailer, threw my 26 inch tall slicks in the trunk with like a single toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, off I go. Yep. And like day two, I hadn't really had a stick a long time. And day two, it had a, a centered iron clutch, the centered iron on one side and Kevlar on the other. And in the course of one of the launches, the Kevlar melted to the flywheel. Oh man. <laughs> and it wouldn't release. And I didn't know anybody. And I had kind of scoped out the stick cars before and I found them because it was Rich and his brother, mm -hmm. Bob. And they were there. And so I went up and talked to him. And Rich was like, well, let's take a look. And drove around the parking lot in gear, just on and off the gas, trying to get it to unstick. <laughs> wouldn't do it. Oh. And so um, he was like, well, you know, we'll, we'll help you change it. And I'm like, thank God, because I don't, I don't have any tools to do any of this. <laughs> yeah. And this was an Indy, so we drove, I don't know, a number of, oh, I got to back up. I forgot the most important part. And if Rich was on here, he would remember. So Rich, so somebody, hey, somebody, jack somebody on Facebook, tag Rich real quick. Oh, yeah, Rich Guido. So um, he grabs a jack, and I'm kind of laying under the car to jack it up. And there's a cross member on the Ford. He puts it down there, he starts jacking, and he goes, and I look up and I go, it's a strong oil pan. And he's like, oh, God. This is like the first like conversation I've had. And, and, and his, he tells me, he's like, and then I was like, nah, we're good. And he's like, oh, I think I'm going to be friends with this guy. And now we're like, that's the friend. But we ended up, uh, drove to a car wash. Like, the Guidos had everything. They spread out a tarp, put the car up on jack stands. We had that transmission out right next to the thing was a Napa. We walked over there, about a $22 organic disc. Like, I don't even know if they sell just the discs anymore. We put that in, use the freaking die grinder or something to clean up the flywheel, put it back together, and that clutch worked so much better because it slipped just a little bit. It yep. was fantastic. Um, so, so that's what that's when slipper clutch stuff started. It was the back of your brain right there. Um, maybe unconsciously, but yeah. when I yeah, I, I broke some stuff. A lot yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah. I, mean, I can started, only imagine yeah. the the violence that is a high horsepower um, 
stick car with traction. You know, high horsepower <clears throat> stick car is fun for long, rolly burnouts. But you know, you get traction in that car. I can only imagine the the violence that the well, the drivetrain sees. Yeah, and that's what I tell everybody. They're like, oh, you know, I want to use this. You know, with the this turbo setup, it's going to make eight, 900 horsepower. And all these people are like, Oh, you got to do this. And that's reply. I'm like, dude, you're fine until you get traction. Yeah. I said, just don't ever take the radials off of it. And you'll have no problem yeah. with the TKO transmission or whatever, <laughs> but you put a sticky tire on it. It's going to break. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's what I tell people all the time. So a guy at work, we've been talking about doing a cam in his uh, regular cab truck. And he's like, oh, man, I want to do this. I want to do and I'm like, okay, cool. And he's like, you know, what's a rear end cost? And we're going through all that, you know. And I'm like, I was like, dude, do you just want to do burnouts? Like, is that what the, yeah, oh, yeah, just burnouts. I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. Shitty tires, big Perfect. converter, and a big cam. Let's go. You know what I mean? It's going to sound totally, good, totally. and you're just going to rip tires <laughs> off of this thing. So, yeah. 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 So Don't um, take it to the track. You're going to break them. <laughs> and then yeah, you're going to blame yeah. me. Yeah. So even before the the turbo motor you know with that cleveland i had a msd uh 6al in it so you had two um let's see it had i think i had the double deal where you could put two chips in there oh yeah so i had the the, the max the rev limiter was at 65 <laughs> i had the two step at like 62. oh my god <laughs> i was just run, 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 and just dump it <laughs> and i ran a 26 inch tall slick then and I remember one of the times um, we were at the track and I got done and my buddy was helping me and we're, we had a hell of a time getting the tires off. It's like, what the hell? And I had bent all of the lug nuts or the studs, the drive <laughs> the studs. studs, they were just the half inch ones. Oh, and I was just like, oh, I guess this clutch is a little aggressive, but I, I was just learning. Like I didn't know. Yeah. And, and the guys that put the clutch together, I was like, yeah, it's going to make 400 something horsepower. So they put this super aggressive clutch in there, oh, not yeah. knowing that that's really the opposite of what you want for drag racing. Well, and you so, know, again, so we, you know, we talk autos and converters a bunch. And so like, you, you know, you need that slip, you need that like ability, you know, but a lot of guys, they just don't understand. <clears throat> a lot of guys are like, okay, 5,500 left step to clutch. You'll be fine. <laughs> like, you know, and that's <laughs> typically people are like freaking out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. It, Go ahead. Go ahead. Cause I, no, no, I want to, no, that... well, I want to talk about the, uh, in the motion story, uh, in the motion raceworks video. Again, if people haven't seen that, they need to go watch it. It's really good. Uh, it's from nine 30. Um, the, in that you talk about that the car has an eight fifty cage. Uh, they do a yep. really good job of like kind of, you know, telling the story. And then I've through research found other stories of you talking about the car 1320 videos has featured it a couple of times and things like that. But one of the things I thought was really cool was like you want to eventually go faster than what you've been, but you're like, this car doesn't warrant that. I, I, so tell the story of like why the 850 cage kind of is going to stay. Cause I thought that was a really neat part. Yeah. So I, I drive it a lot on the street. I mean, I drive it to work. I drive my kids. My fiance is not a big fan. Like she doesn't like boost at all. So, um, but that's okay. Um, but I, I like to drive it. Um, yeah. and you know, when I, on the street, I take the door bars out, it's no big deal. You get in and out yep. of it. It's like, whatever. Um, and the face plate of transmission, you know, you get used to it. Like the synchronized one's pretty cool, but when you really want to get after a little bit, 
yeah, faceplate is <laughs> the way to that. Get it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just awesome. So, um, <clears throat> I see these cars with a 750 cage. You can't have removable door bars. You got the halo and stuff. And um, some of these really healthy guys, I don't know how they get in and out of those cars. Um, and that's just not a street car to me. Like I had when I first got it, when I first got the cage in, the door bars were welded in. And we're like, oh, it won't be so bad. And there were days when I'd go and I'd be like, you know what? I just don't even want to climb over the door bar, so I'll just drive my Volkswagen. Yep. And I was like, that's bullshit. So I cut the door bars out and put in the, you know, the pins and all that stuff. Yep. And now I just take them out and drive it a lot. So 750 cage to me is pretty marginal as a streetcar. And honestly, they're dangerous unless you're going to wear a helmet yeah. around. If you get hit, you're going to die just from your own car. Yeah. yeah you're going to even you're if gonna bang off the, the bars. Yeah. Like, bang, bang. Yep. Even if it's not that bad. Yep. I mean, an impact, that's like getting hit with an aluminum bat like a couple of times, like this side yeah. and then that side and then front or whatever. Yep. That's just, uh, you know, there's some of those concessions you have to make for a street car. Um, and honestly, the car's heavy. I mean, it's 37-ish, 3,800 pounds with me in it. So, you know, it's got bench seats, back seat, it's got a stereo. I mean, it is what it is. Um, and I've thought a lot about, well, do I want to build – a, a lot more competitive, lightweight stick shift car, you know, one where, Oh, you got to make 3000 pounds. Okay. You have to add weight to it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Hey, that's a lot of money to do that. Like yeah. I hate to tell myself that I have a pretty good idea what it takes to build a car like that, but I, I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, uh, Rich said it perfect in one of the videos when we were working on Eric's truck that's a pretty bad indication of a bad indication. <laughs> well, so here's, here's the struggle, right? Like the car you have, in my opinion, is perfect because like you can drive that car anywhere. Like you do. Um, the car looks cool. You can pull up to a car show. The cage is tucked up far enough that people have to like look at. And most of the time you're running like a, a, I don't know what they call it in the Ford world, but like the cheap dog dish looking hubcaps or poverty kind of cap. Poverty yeah, caps, poverty yep. cap. Yeah. Yep. So that it's got a paint matched steel wheel that's on it. So like the unsuspecting person is going to walk by that car at a car show and go, Oh, cool. Some dude built a nice driver. And then they like peek inside and it's like a, a bolt in headrest and like, well, but that's on the floor. That's not even in on the street. The headrest pops out. Oh, right. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and then, you know, if you have the hood popped, which if I had that, which is what I do on my uh, C10 truck, I pop it just enough to where the folks that are like, Oh man, what's in here. And they look and like the turbos in there, they're like, Oh shit, let's, let's raise this on up, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And on, on mine, um, it doesn't have spring, so I can't just partially pop it, but it's oh. got the 427 rammer hood. And when they look in, they can see the two boost tubes and they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. it's a pro propane conversion. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we had, uh, we had talked a little bit earlier. I, I really want to tell you to tell the story you were telling me before we started recording. Um, one, I want to know how, how many miles round trip you went uh, for 2.0. Uh, and then what happened when you pulled into the garage? Oh God. Yeah. Or no, no, went to pull out of the garage. <sighs> okay, so 
so my uh, co-pilot for 2.0 is Chad Williams. This was, I think, his second, at least the second, could have been the third time he's been co-pilot. Fantastic, super knowledgeable. Um, wow, the light got all weird. Um, yeah, it must it be like a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dropping like in the ghost. back there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, he. I'm trying to figure out. Let me let me click on some other lights here. Hold okay. on. Yeah. So uh, if you guys haven't seen it, thirteen twenty video did a uh, you know a, obviously a spotlight on the car. I think it one this year. Uh, was from was that video and uh, it's really good it shows a couple passes it shows him giving a walk around and kind of telling some stories uh i think it was the first time he had ran in the 860s is that right uh when when 1320 yeah so are you talking about the one from streetcar takeover yeah 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 streetcar takeover yeah so i had just come from midwest drags and we won the stick class in that. And the car went 870s at 165 at Norwalk. And then I got to keep right on that light. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. I got to move. See, the camera's like backwards. Yep. There we go. Okay. I know. It's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at Midwest or uh, Streetcar Takeover, um, was having a couple issues, but I got them sorted out by round two, I think. And when I finally got it sorted out, the car went 878 at like 164 and change at Bandemir. Like, I don't know, eight, 9,000 foot DA. Like, I was pretty excited. Like, <laughs> yeah. I still am. Like, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then next pass went 884 and one, and that was super exciting. And that was the video they made. And Fred did a killer job. I mean, he's a great dude, yep. but yep. It, it's, it's honestly, it's so flattering because, like, I mean, to me, it's, I've had the car forever. I'm just a normal dude, like no different <laughs> yep. than any of the other guys. But then motion does the video and 1320, like it's super flattering. Like, yeah, it's really neat. Um, I don't feel super deserving of it, but it's well, just really dude, cool. He, he, so here's the deal. When you drive a badass rig like that and you drive <laughs> it all over the country, you're going to get a little bit of attention, which is, which is obviously a plus. Um, when you develop a product that's uh, that we're going to talk about here in a minute, because um, that's badass and it's it's going to be super thank helpful you. for a ton of folks. So, uh, uh, well, thank you, thank you. So, so I want I want to add to something because you were saying like when you go to a car show and people look at it and they think it's like so, and this has happened a couple times. I'll be driving on the highway and <laughs> you have a motorcycle oh, yeah. like a crotch rock. <laughs> yep. And I had some guy pulled out of a gas station. And there was like a whole pack of these crotch rockets and the guy in the very back kept kept looking back and everything and then he slowed down and i was like all right oh, here we go and he pulled it next to me like we were going like 50 miles an hour on on uh, this mexico highway called 285 yeah and uh and he looks over and i'm like okay i guess it's on yeah and, and this is radial tires pump gas street tune put it down to third gear and rolled onto it and I could hear him next to me, but I never did see him. Oh, I thought, you know, <laughs> he's like, did, what the hell? We, we did it once, and he comes up next to me, and he's going like this. And then he goes again. And so we went again, and then same thing happened. And then he wanted to go one more time because I knew this big straight was coming. I'm like, yeah. we're good. Like, I don't need to lose my license over this because, yeah. yeah, we already yeah. more than double exceeded the speed limit. So, that's, but well, that's, it's Mexico. That's it's fine. Fun. It's Mexico. 
Oh, that's, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, Mexico doesn't care. Yeah, you just got to bribe the banditos. It's fine. <laughs> that's crazy. Right. So that's probably the coolest thing is like I would think to be able to roll up on, you know, a pack like that. And then, you know, that dude went back and was like, y'all aren't going to believe what just happened. He's like, I just got rolled on by like some old dude in a fair lane. In a, gra in a grandpa car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was making all kinds of rowdy noises, you know, so that's yeah. always cool. And it's actually fairly quiet. I mean, yeah, um, that's what's great got, about turbos. Well, and it has full exhaust. Yeah. And I can tell you that I used to run precision turbos on it. And you could totally hear those make boosts when it got good load on it. Yep. Um, I had a couple of failures with those. Um, I think they're probably a great turbo in a race situation, but with a lot of, a lot of miles, they just don't deal with the heat very well. Yep. So I switched over to um, Garrett's and they're water cooled and it's got like a, OEM type of core. I mean, the, the cores, you know, they're developed to go 150,000 miles. Yeah. Um, but like the entrance, the inlet to those turbos, whereas the precision, you know, is squared off. It's got some of them have the holes, the anti-surge holes and all that. Yep. Dude, this one looks like a bell mouth. And honest to God, you can't hard, you can't hardly hear it make boost at all. <laughs> That's like awesome. it just sounds like an all motor car and it's just like, <laughs> and just it's like, rocket ship. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Like, even on the street, like I, I'm going to put larger wastegates on it this winter because clearly the 40 millimeters can't control the boost. Like I have three pound springs in it and they'll still make 10 pounds on the street before yeah. the tires are just completely bl being blown off. I, I so, would, I would think a 40 would be, would be a little small who uh, <clears throat> like uh, let's get into this because this is interesting to me. Um, and I, I'm sure it's interesting to other people, but it's me and I don't care what other people think. Um, <laughs> it's your so, podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, whenever you're, cause the way I have it worded is like, how do you, uh, build or set up a plan for the, for the car to make, you know, these kind of trips? I mean, like you're going to drive it. So you probably put what, 2,500 miles on the car for 2.0. Yeah. Between yeah. two, 20, yeah, 2,000, 2,500. So do you have like a group of people you kind of run stuff by? Do you have like an engine builder? Do you have, how, how do you, without researching a hundred hours a week, how do you figure out like, you know, what cubic inch, what turbo you want to run, wastegate sizing, cam specs, things like that? How do you? <clears throat> so, so let's keep in mind um, when I first put the car together with this setup, I use an engine builder and I had, he specced everything mm -hmm. out, the wastegates, the turbos. Gotcha everything yep. and he built some fast race stuff but whether he would admit it or not this was probably the first drag and drive type motor that he put together gotcha. um like the cam it was just trial and error you know i've done yep. thinking about this so i did race week 16 17 18 19 20 two of them in 20 no yeah and then two of them in 21 so that's eight mm -hmm. i've done eight race weeks yeah. And then two drag weeks. So that's 10. Um, yeah. But in those race weeks, I broke a lot of stuff and had a lot of failures to figure the stuff out. So I'm on the third iteration of camshafts now. And Rich Guido has been a huge resource. I mean, he yeah. drives like, like you shouldn't even say I drive my car a lot because <laughs> that dude just did like almost 6,000 miles. On yeah. last year. He got done with race week and him and Matt Blasco went to the Salt Flats. And they turned yeah. on a car that absolutely blew the record away. It went like 289 miles an hour or something crazy. Yeah. And then, then he drove it home to Canada. I'm like, oh, my God. 
Yeah, he, he's so, wild. He's wild. Um, I'm going to need you to text him and, and uh, plead with him to be on here, too, because I'd love to have him on. I think Oh yeah, he would, he would tell some awesome. great stories, too. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so calming down the bowel train was probably one of the biggest pieces because yep. you look at you look at the issues that people have. It's really generally there's lots of issues. I mean, oh, yeah, you have to replace a piston. I mean, come on. Yeah. But um Generally, it's fuel system related, especially mm -hmm. with the heat and the altitude, and it's valve train related. Those are the two major failure points. So I've addressed both of those. Um, I went from over 900 pounds of open seat pressure to now I'm just over 500. Wow. And, and I can tell you that on this race week, I did check the valve lash once because it's a solid roller. Mm -hmm. And... It was really for peace of mind. I made three very minor adjustments, but I wouldn't have had to. And I didn't, that was it. Like it just didn't wow. work. Um, That's amazing. So when you're develop, like when you're talking with your, like with the person, like with your cam, I, I mean, so we have a good friend at comp and, and I'll call him and go, Hey, this is what we want. Or this is what our customer wants. Um, like when, when you're on the phone call with them, you're like, I'm going to drive this all the time. <laughs> Like I need, I need this to live, you know? So, so there, yeah. uh, Billy Godbolt's been on before and, you know, he was talking about, um, lobe like lobe design and intensity. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The, the complexity that you can take a camshaft and go next level with. So, well, and I think too, in a boosted application, especially a turbo application, mm -hmm. dude, you can make some insane power with the tiniest little cam. Like, yeah. like again, my, my buddy, Bill Leak, uh, the example, he just put a bigger cam in his car, but he went like, Jesus, he went eight nineties with a cam in that L he's got an LS and it was a little motor. I think it was a uh, five, three. Mm -hmm. And the cam was like, 216 or something like just yeah. so like it would idle like i don't know it made probably made vacuum at idle like who does that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and it uh it was super smooth and it, but you put 30 pounds of boost to it and yep. it'll make a thousand horsepower and that's exactly what he did so yep. so you don't have to get crazy radical with the cam i mean they sound awesome but yep. what's not awesome is the hit to your wallet when you start busting stuff. And I do carry spares. I mean, I've got, it's a full Crower shaft rocker valve train and Lewis has been fantastic. Um, the, the, really the only wear item that I've experienced with those are the trunnion bearings. Yeah. And so I just have lots of extras. I have a, a whole half set of spares. So mm, yeah. Or four pairs of stands with rockers, everything ready to go. Yeah. So if there's an issue, I just swap the stand out and I'll deal with the bearings later. Yep. But it, it's, it's a funny, uh, it's a funny thing. So, you know, Royce, we all know Royce has that nasty blown oh, yeah. uh, Mustang. So when I first met him, he was, I don't remember which race week it was, but he was in the parking lot thrashing on that car. You walk over, they got the blower off. I mean, the whole motor's like torn apart. It's like, yeah. Oh my God. And he's, he's grouchy as hell. Cause it's like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And, and I'm like, you know, people high profile car, people are coming over and, like, hey, what's going on? You guys need some help? He's like, whatever. Rah. He's like, yeah, we need some trunnion bearings. I'm like, yeah, I got a bunch of them. In my he's like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I come back with them, and he's like, oh, hey. And so I yeah. started swapping out a bunch of them. Yeah. And he's like, 
gives me a hug. He's like, oh my God. This is, and I, we've been really good friends since. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's the biggest wear item on those. And when the lash starts to change, usually I can feel it in the rocker if the trunnion's just starting to go and just replace it. So like this year before race week, I just went through and put fresh trunnion bearings in all of them. And yep. I didn't have a problem. That's awesome. So, and, yeah. and that's what, that's why I, I like turbo boost. I, I mean, for a daily, I would put like a LSA blower from like a CTSV or a Camaro on the Tahoe or something as a daily, but for fun stuff, nope, I want a turbo. I want, I want the sound. I want the, the hit in the face of the boost, you know, like I want to drive around on a regular 300 horsepower motor, and then I want to dump 20 pounds to it and make seven, you know? So, so you want to hear a super funny story? So, and Bill Lee, like we're really good friends. He lives like, I don't know, 12 minutes from me. Um, but at one of the race weeks, he wanted to see, this was in Pueblo. He took the charge pipe off his car to see what it would run. Now, the car's been 890s at like yeah. 155 or something like that. Took the charge pipe off. You want to just guess what it ran in Pueblo with oh, just the motor? Yeah, it was probably like 1280 or 13 Oh, dude. It went fifteen eight or fifteen six <laughs> on the motor, <laughs> and you're like, dude, he's boosting the thing like seven seconds and like yep. fifty miles an hour. It's just ridiculous. That's it's awesome. It, I'm telling, I love it. I love it. So the old truck, yeah. you know, it's a simple junkyard setup. We bought a uh, a Tahoe that had been flipped and tore the four eight out of it. Well, I thought it was a five three, you know, cam that was spec to it, and put a seventy eight millimeter turbo on it, and it just does rolling burnouts at forty miles an hour all day every day. Yeah. like it's that's so much fun cool. yeah that's pretty yeah. cool yep so you're talking about uh, before we start recording you're talking about doing burnouts uh in front of the kids school and all that kind of stuff you know my uh my eight-year-old she's like will you please get the old truck running against and then do burnouts when you leave after you drop me off <laughs> i'm like you're on so, nice nice that's so yep. cool yeah that's yep. so cool so let's run through um i really want to see if you'll give some folks like a uh like maybe a little more in-depth setup on the car like cubic inches you know turbo sizing things like that yep. and uh yep. and, and you know trans you know which clutch you use all that kind of stuff so it's a stock block 289 no i'm totally <laughs> kidding <laughs> um it was a 289 car um but it's a dark block uh 427 cubic inch um cali's crank uh Oliver rods, Ross pistons. I mean, it's, it's built. Yep. Um, Crower valve train, trick flow, high port 240 heads. Um, they're prepped by TEA. Um, 10 to one compression. Um, it's got twin, like, I forget. I think they're 64 Garrett's. They're, they're kind of a custom build. They're actually the exact same turbos that Troy Clark was running on that Model 8 coupe that wrecked so bad. Oh, dang. Exact same turbos. Um, they have like, and a lot of it was with Troy's help, but they did a ton of R&D on the compressor wheels. So they're custom billet wheels that uh, Turbo nice. Directs out of Phoenix makes. Yeah. And he's told me they've made 1,400 wheel horsepower out of those 64s. Wow. Um, and he said they'll flow as much air as their 69s. So... They, yeah. They're great. I mean, they spool yeah. fast. They're they're sweet. They're quiet, which I like because yeah. it just sounds like an all motor car. Well, um, and and you're saying ten uh, ten to one. That's still. I mean, 
that's a low compression, not low compression, but that's a, a reliable compression setup. Like you're not, it's not some 13 to one craziness. So that's, yeah. that's another big benefit of boost too. You just keep cramming it down in there. And yeah. And you know, and I used to run, I used to run, um, a mix of E70. I used to run E70 at the track mm -hmm. and then pump gas on the street, but I was just changing fuel, you know, to E70. And I was like, you know what, just switching over to like C16 or Sunoco Max NOS. I'm, I'm changing fuel anyway. And that's yep. the, the, the tuning window is, bigger than my computer screen. I mean, it's so big. You, <laughs> yeah. you just about can't detonate it, which means you can't hurt the motor because I did yeah. hurt the motor. And, uh -oh. and I, you know, and I changed fuel system stuff. And that's why I was running E70 because I was right at the edge of my fuel pump. If I ran E85, it didn't have pump. Gotcha. And that's just stupid. That, that's just dumb. <laughs> I mean, to, to run something on the edge like that when it's not necessary. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I've made some fuel system changes, but now I run a race gas at the track. Yeah. Um, and, and initially, you know, I, we stumble over nickels to save dollars <laughs> or whatever the saying is, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but I was like, well, I'm going to run E70 because it's cheap. Well, you don't always know what you're getting out of the pump. Yep. And, and then I hurt the motor and I'm like, what am I saving? Like $12. Yep. To, and I just hurt the motor and I got to pull it all apart and fix it. And it's my time. And, yep. and I think part of it too is the parts are expensive but my time is very valuable to me and, yeah. and it's hard to quantify that with a dollar amount, but like, I just, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to go do this, get, you know, scour the junkyard, get the junkyard parts and put them together. And I'm going to save all this money. It's great. But you spend, you know, 15 hours of your time doing yeah. it. Like, yep. I don't know. So, you know, I, anymore, um, I'm going to put, I'm going to put some of the best parts I can in there. Cause yeah, I can drive 2,500 miles without issue. However, <laughs> this race week, we drove it home the last day, you know, was it Friday? Drove it like 750 miles. Drove the car home, no problem. Like it was awesome. Chad has got, we got the radar detector going. He's got waves going. We're like literally cruising like 100 miles an hour for hours. He's like, okay, you got a cop in, you know, two miles and we'd slow down, pass mm -hmm. the cop, ooh, speed right back up. It was awesome. <laughs> Drive home, pull it in my garage, close the door, go to bed. <sighs> Race week done. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, all right, I got to work. My Volkswagen needs an oil change. I'm going to, all right, I'll get it tomorrow. Back to Ford out, pull Volkswagen in, put it on the lift, change the oil, be good. Walk out there, Ford won't start. And then it sounds all weird. It's like, like this. And I'm like, what? And I'm looking at the gauge. There's no oil pressure. I'm like, what the heck? Long story short, the camshaft isn't turning. I'm like, I drove it into the freaking garage. How did this happen? So, and, and I posted some pictures of it, but literally Friday, Saturday, and almost pretty much all day Sunday, I ended up having to pull the motor out because I couldn't get the balancer off. I ended up having to cut off my API harmonic balance with a freaking plasma cutter. Like oh I used God, a plasma dude. cutter on my freaking 1500 horsepower motor. Like who does that? <laughs> no, nobody. But yeah. And you know, I think we've learned some valuable lessons from it because it was totally galled and micro welded itself. And probably, uh, you know, if people are using traction control, like who would ever use that? Um, 
<laughs> has something to do with it. And then I was just having a conversation with, uh, with Rich. And um, so being on the two-step, because tons of automatic guys are on two-steps forever mm-hmm. to spool the turbos up and stuff, and they don't have this issue. But I think, and I think he really figured it out, is the difference with a, with an automatic versus a stick car on the two-step is you're loaded against the converter. Oh, uh, yeah. On a stick shift, there's no load. You're just bah, 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 just bouncing it. So the the harmonic changes in the crankshaft from hitting that two-step are pretty exaggerated. Whereas when it's loaded against the transmission, it's really absorbing that a lot. Yeah. So it's just beating it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so now I got to pull a crank out, have it tested, um, see if it's cracked. Hopefully it's not. And then going to have to have them um, fix the snout and put it back together. But I'm going to do some other maintenance stuff. So uh, Streetcar Chronicles, I run a 370 gear in the car with a spool. And I thought, awesome. about, I thought about what to put in there. And I'm a big fan of Detroit lockers, but at the power level it has, that's just more moving parts to break. Yeah. And if a locker breaks on a launch, you're gonna, it's going to drive it right into the wall. Yeah. So the spool is really not too bad on the street until you actually have to push the car and turn it. And then it's horrible. Then it's horrible. Yeah. 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 We um, live the, uh, we live the welded diff life over here in uh narc yeah. land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's, there's some concessions. Um, and it's all relative. I mean, when the car was a 12 second car and worry about this stuff, but yep. it's a whole different, like I remember when I did my licensing passes with this setup and it was, again, it was another one of those, Oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> like it was crazy. Like I remember like it was terrifying. The first time I made a nine second pass, like I couldn't believe I'd never been anything like that before. Yep. I'd certainly never driven anything like that before. Yeah. So you get used to it, and then when you get used to it, you're keeping up with the car and keeping up with what's going on. So you're like, okay, here comes the one two gear change, which is in like I don't know one point two seconds. Here comes the two three gear change. Like everything's happening so fast, but you get used to it and you slow it down. Because I'm in fourth gear before the eighth mile. Wow. So yeah. That's so that's wild. um, you know, and it's gone five seventies I think in the eighth. So, you know, you're doing the one, two, the two, three, and the three, four in 5.7 seconds total for all those. That's crazy. So I immediately think, is there, you know, if you drop to like a, like a three O gear, you know, is there the ability to pick up time uh, just by not shifting? But I mean, you're shifting so fast, you know, I, I don't know. That that just immediately where my brain went was like, could you pick up time by going with the higher gear set? Yeah. So <clears throat> how can I say this? So there have been people that have gone with clutchless shifting <laughs> and, and um, the fastest times that I've heard these people do when they're clutch shifting was about 0.225 seconds the fastest. Yeah. And when they went to clutchless shifting, their shift dropped to about 0.11. Oh, damn. Hmm. So, and the difference would be <clears throat> theoretically in a boosted car, if your shift time is much quicker then your time off a of boost is much less. So mm-hmm. normally on a data log, 
you'll have this huge dip and boost between gear changes. Yep. When, when certain people decide to implement clutchless shifting, it's just a little blip in the boost. It just kind of goes mm. yep. on the shifts instead of these huge troughs. <laughs> when you're off the power that much, it makes a significant difference, especially when you're in fourth gear, eighth mile. Yeah. Because as I've come to learn and a lot of people know this, it's all about the short track. It's about the 60 foot and the 330. Yep. You yep. can get those down. I mean, you drop, you drop a tenth off the sixty foot; it's two tenths off the ET. Dang! So that's that's why Blaine told me to spray it out of the hole of the accord. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that that kid's got some smarts. I mean, his dad yeah. is his dad's raising him right. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's that's super important, and that was one of the things that led me to developing the clutch controller because Rich. Yeah. He switched to a, a black magic slipper clutch and that's what put his car on the eights. Um, and it's all about the launch. And yep. the only time I'd, I ran my first 890 pass at Bandemir was on a Ram or a, a McLeod clutch that apparently was on its last leg because it slipped perfect <laughs> off the line and went 890s. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And it was a test and tune day. And we, I went back to make another pass. And as soon as I make over seven pounds of boost, it blew through the clutch. So that was like a one hit wonder. <laughs> yep. um, I drove it home, but the clutch was wasted. Yeah. Um, and that's when it became real apparent to me what, what I needed to do, but I wasn't willing to do the extra effort that rich does that. That man is unstoppable. Um, yeah. But yeah, so in, in one of the videos you were talking about, uh, and, and we're getting a little ahead here. Cause I, I definitely want to yeah. talk about this. Um, you were talking about the, the difference in, uh, getting your slipper clutch ready for the street compared to the track. You know, you're changing weights and sp springs. I don't know what the hell you change in a slipper clutch, but well, uh, yeah, I don't have a slipper clutch, but that's no, 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 I, I, I know, but yeah, but yeah like okay. th that was one of the things you were like in that video, you were saying, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to go to slipper clutch because of all the extra stuff that you would have to do because of that. So again, that's why you develop Bankshift Billy. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into that, but we gotta wait just a second. Um, so <laughs> okay. uh, you've said TKO trans in the car is still TKO in the, in the car. No, nope, nope. I had that with the Cleveland motor um, and I ended up breaking that. And then I went to a face plated version of it. Um, and that was my first, because Rich Guido had one face plated and it was badass. And <laughs> so I switched to that and I was like, yep, this is pretty badass. Um, and then, and then when I switched over to the boosted motor, the TKO, I, I traded it actually for a deck on my house, nice. and, uh, which was a great deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, then I went to the T56 Magnum and I just right out of the gate, I ordered one from Liberty's gears. I said, face plate it, everything you got, do it to this transmission. Yeah. And I ran that for a long time and it was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, who, who makes your clutch now? Like the clutch or the transmission? Yeah. The, oh, sorry. I thought you were saying the T56 is. So what do you have in it now then? So I have a T56 Magnum now. Um, I, I have a G Force one in there now. It's one of the prototype cool. ones they came out with. So it's a T56 Magnum case, but it has a G Force gear set in it. Oh, nice. And the main reason I did that was because I had a super dumb thing happen with the Liberty built T56 Magnum. The rear seal went out and it dumped the fluid out. I didn't know it. 
Oh, damn. And, and um, made a pass and then drove the car home and then went to a car show the next day and just burped it on the street and freaking broke fourth gear. Oh. Because it had overheated it so much yep. that it was brittle and then just a little bit of power and it broke it. Yep. Well, the problem with the Liberty ones is it took six weeks to get parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fixed that. I ordered the G-Force box. You break parts in that, they have them on the shelf because they make them. Yeah. So it wasn't about like the Liberty box never did break it from power or anything. It was yep. just ran it out of fluid, Arts. you know, just yeah. dumb thing. Um, but with the, the um, G force one, they've, they've engineered it a little differently. Like the counter shaft in the T56 Magnum is one piece and it has all the gears. So if you trash fourth gear, you have to use the, you have, you need a whole new counter shaft. Oh, damn. Well, on the, on the G force one, the fourth gear, the front one, is removable you can just because that's the one you bust or gets yeah. ripped up so you could just replace that um so yeah that's what i have in there now that's cool and, yeah and then you had said uh earlier you put a nine inch in the car way back when is it still mm-hmm. nine inch based or is it you got some fancy fab nine housing all that stuff <laughs> no, no. <laughs> i had an original i don't even know what it is out of some kind of nine inch <laughs> and i think probably with the cleveland i ended up bending the whole housing oh my like, god <laughs> like like this just from watching it and i sold some guy i'm like you need to have this check pretty sure it's not straight so this one came out of a field in wisconsin i have a really good buddy of mine up there jason lang builds race cars does lots of stuff <laughs> and he put this together for me we put a back brace on it but it's a factory ford housing I mean, wow nothing special um i did have it narrowed like i think one inch total so they they lobbed a half an inch off each side and it has a i don't know i think it's a big bearing end or something i don't even know yeah um but i have, I have 35 spline mark williams axles in it um and 370 gears with a spool yeah. and uh it's got an aluminum i think it's a strange through bolt center section and not had an issue with that um had some issues at race week this year with the rear leaf springs is I had to put helper springs and air shocks in it. I may have set the world record for air shocks because we went yeah. 916 at 163 on air shocks. Yeah. And the rear end is just, oh, it's just moving all around. Oh, my but, God. Um, but it ended up when the springs bottomed out, it shoved the drive shaft back into the yoke mm-hmm. and kind of augured out the, the caps on the end of the drive shaft. So, uh, again, this is kind of where with the power level I'm making that stuff is just not okay to say I think it'll be all right so I'm going to put a new drive shaft in it yeah this year I'll keep that one as a backup but I just can't risk something like that breaking a because yep. you're pretty well screwed at race week if it happens and yep. it's a safety thing I mean yeah it's just yeah well I mean you, you spit a drive shaft at 140 you know that you hope the other dude is in front of you. You know what I mean? Cause like the drive shaft's coming out and it's flipping around somewhere, you know? Yeah. And honestly, it's one of those things where I think those rear hoops are pretty sweet idea that bolt to the rear end housing. Yep. Mark Williams makes them. So you've got your front hoop and your back one. So if it breaks, it's contained. Oh, yeah, that's, I, yeah. It can get super ugly. Like, yeah, I just, I, I started thinking more about the safety aspects and, and parts and things like that. It's just, well, and, it's so different when it was making four or 500 horsepower. It's just a yep. whole different, it's a whole different ball game. Yep. And, you know, so. thinking about parts like U joints, um, if you've got some bastardized 
you joined mm. that makes your rear end work, you better bring like two of those. You know what I mean? Like, like just yeah. have it because a lot of times you're not going to O'Reilly's, uh, who was a supporter this year. You're not going down there and picking out a drive shaft or a U joint. Um, no, and, spe- and speaking of which, Eric, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. I, I was going to say, I think Eric, yeah. Went Eric, that. Well, he made three trips to get a U joint right. Yeah. Who was, he was telling him, um, he used, I think, Trevor's truck, uh, the TRS, yeah. and was like, yeah. hey, man, can I borrow your truck to go get this thing? And then, like, had to come back and was like, hey, it's wrong. Can I use your truck again? Yeah, he was they, like, they sure. They're like, where's Eric? Is everything okay? And then Trevor's like, he's like, dang, I think that thing might run out of gas. <laughs> hey, Eric, you better put some gas in that thing running all over the country like that. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um, um, so someone's asking how big the drive shaft is. It's a four inch aluminum with 1350 U joints. That's and awesome. it has a, has a, a billet strange drive shaft yoke on it because I twisted the splines on a factory Dana type style, which, yeah, yeah. it's just like, um, who am I thinking of has the, uh, oh God, brain fart. Uh, who has the 55 Chevy the guy from New York, uh, Frank Romano mm, Yep. in his, a video that 1320 puts together he's just like you have to have the best parts like he's got mark williams drive shaft axles rear end the whole deal and that's a deal when you start making north of seven eight hundred horsepower in a stick car if you don't have the best stuff in there um and, and nico nico can attest to this because i i don't know how many rear ends he blew up before he put the <laughs> yeah. nine inch in it but you just you have to have the best stuff in there or it, it's going to take the fun out of it because you're going to break so much all the time yep so yep well, again, you know, we talked about the violence earlier, just how hard that is, like, because you're suddenly into traction. It's not like slip, 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 boom. It's like, <laughs> wham, you're hitting it with the, you know, immediate. Well, yeah, and, and, uh, and I will say that, yes, when the clutch program is not the way it should be, it's violent. And yeah. it, mine was like that for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then that really is might segue into the the bank shift billy but yeah definitely that's why i developed this and it it dropped a half second off my et I mean, that's crazy hang on don't tell yeah. anymore we gotta do okay. the op- we gotta do the opening uh from destroyer okay. 1320 hang on let's make sure there's oh dude, hang on guys i'm sorry we can't get into bank shift billy yet we can't get into it okay we got we got to right. talk about midwest drags okay yeah so like because nobody's been on to talk about midwest drags so um, you know, if you just quick recap of like maybe some of the tracks and like how many days yep. it is and things like yep. that. So, so the Havlicks, Brian, I think it's Brian Havlick set it up. Um, I went this year and I have to say, and Rich almost unfriended me, but my, uh, my buddy, Adam Dory, do you know him? Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, he gets around. He, yeah. Yeah. He's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, he loaned me his trailer, which I had to make some modifications to. And then my parents insisted I take, they have like the super nice Duramax truck. Yeah. They, like take this. Cause it was like, I don't know, 12 or 1300 miles to get to Norwalk from my house. Yeah. And then when that was over five days later, race week 1.0 started. Yeah. So they were like, just take our truck. Adam loaned me the trailer. I modified it so I could put my race week trailer behind the trailer and it's not a gooseneck. So I'm sure it was totally legal, right? Yeah, totally. Double trailer on a ball hitch. Yeah. Um, drove out there, did Midwest drags, um, had a 
pretty good co-pilot there. I'd never, I'd only met him once. Uh, Joe Carden, a buddy of mine from well, Jason Lang in Wisconsin, it was a friend of his, mm-hmm. and he came. We had a great week. Uh, we became really good friends, and went out there and. That was really the first event where I used the clutch controller, which I know we're going to get to. Yeah. Um, but we won Midwest Drags stick shift class. That's awesome. And then, and then um, made the fastest pass I ever made. I made eight second passes at every track, and it went eight seventies, which was wow. Yeah, I was super excited. Like, like it's That's crazy. crazy. Man. I, I mean, that is absolutely. I hope people understand. So, what's funny is. We talk about all these eight second, nine second streetcars, all this. I think it becomes like numb to people. Totally. It's all about perspective. Yes, because like, like the the classes that are the fullest on race week are the 13.0 and 14.0 index classes, you know? And, and and dude, a 13 second, 14 second streetcar is a fast freaking car. Yeah. Like yeah. I just, all I wanted to do in high school was run 14s <laughs> and I was going 16. Yeah. And uh, like, we do. We it's all about perspective, and yep. you become numb to it. But dude, those cars are no joke too. I mean, a thirteen second yep. car, you put put a regular person in that, and they're gonna freak out. They'll be yep. like, "Oh my god, it's so yeah, this is so oh my gosh, it runs a hundred miles an hour in a quarter mile. Oh my gosh, that's that's fast. Crazy. It is fast. I yeah. mean, that is fast. It's just all about perspective. So yeah. Yep. Um, so you had a good time. You uh, Midwest drags. If it's put on by the Havlicks, they do a good job because they are. Yep. Super cool people, it seems like. Um, I've, and, I've never met them in person. They stayed at our hotel twice, and I never talked to them. And it's super great turnout. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Garrett Cletus was there. Yep. Um, I can't remember if, the, if Doug Cook was there or not with his Nova. I think he might have been, but I'm, don't don't quote yeah, me on that. So but there was a lot of heavy hitters there. Um, yep. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, we had a good trip. Um, so the tracks, I'm not going to remember them all. Uh, but started and ended in Norwalk, which is a fantastic facility. Um, we had one rain out day, so we got to, tra- and it was just a, a by day, but it was only, it was four tracks. You have to hand in two time slips at every track. Ooh. Um, but you know the next location, but there is no route. You can get there any way you want. Right. So we were bombed down the highway 90 something miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it was good stuff. So yeah. I can't, uh, can't complain. And, and get somewhere and hang out, you know. So it sounds a little bit like, uh, like power tour, a little bit. They kind of give you the hey, this is where you're going to go next, you know, this mm-hmm. is where this is where the, the next meetup is. So that's kind of neat. And then to not have to worry, you know, with necessarily staying on some two lane and do back road stuff and, and all that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's nice. I mean, I like the, I love race week. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you look at the map and it's 180 miles and the route's 312, and you're like, really, Matt? <laughs> but, <laughs> Dang it. But, but you know, in race week events like that, dude, we see the heart of the country. When, yes. when you drive through these small towns and people are set up, like people yeah. that aren't into this, like I try to tell my friends and coworkers and stuff, like they just don't get it. They're like, those are flyover states. Why would you go there? I'm like, because it's freaking awesome. Yes. It's the heart of, it's the heart of what America is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's truly that mindset, the little bit slower pace of life. Like, yeah. They're appreciating every day. And yeah. at least for me, when I drive through that, it's really, it's a reality check. It's like, man, all yeah. the hustle and bustle and stuff, it's just not worth it. And, yeah. um, you know, I live outside of Denver, a, up in the mountains and I'm super fortunate, but it's quiet here. 
You know, yeah. uh, I can't see my neighbors. I PF my deck every single day. <laughs> and, and every time I do it, I'm just like, man, I, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm so darn lucky. Like mm-hmm. that's just how I feel. And, and I, it's just important, I think, to be appreciative uh, and grateful yeah. every day. I mean, that just makes. Well, just and, and what's really, there was a, it was probably, when did we leave? When did we leave Tulsa going to Kansas? No, it was, yeah, it had to be Tulsa to Kansas. We crossed a hill and you, I bet you could see five miles. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is cool. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like you had a chance to like slow down. And by then, you know, we were, we were already broke. We weren't going to make a pass. Um, we weren't going to make a real pass at uh, mid America dragway. So we were like, we were just going to cruise, you know, and we had already lost overdrive. So we were in third gear at 55 and we're just cruising along. And I'm like, it took like four days for me to get wound down enough to like, enjoy this. And it was, it was fun the whole time. But yeah. I, I think that's probably one thing that people don't understand. Cause like when we go on a family vacation, it's how fast, can I drive and get to the beach? You know what I mean? Like, like we're leaving here and it's 14 hours. Okay. Can I make it in 12 and a half? Yeah. Damn it. Google, you're wrong. Yeah. Oh, you're wrong. wrong. Yeah. We're not going <laughs> to race. Have to, the race is on. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to have to stop 32 times because everyone has to pee at different times, you know? So, yeah. you know, and if you did that trip, your my wife and kids would be like, Oh my God, stop stopping at places to see cool stuff. We want to get to the, get to vacation. And I, I think that's why, like, I know that's why I do race week is because I need that time. I need that nomadic lifestyle a little bit to kind of get out and meander in some of the two lane country. And, you know, I think we passed a, a, a wind farm or something at one point, And it was just amazing to look out and see forever and see those huge things. So it is crazy. So, I, you know, I do want to comment on Streetcar Chronicles, what he said there. Uh, he tried to convey to his dad and friends. So on the first race week, um, and I know we're going to get into the bank shift Billy stuff, but mm-hmm. I hired my fiance's son to be my internship for the summer, his intern. And yeah. I paid him. He drove my Volkswagen. Now he didn't even know how to drive a stick, but now he has his man card. <laughs> he wanted to drive it two days before we left and then drove it 2000 miles for race week. And he did nothing but capture content for us on race. That's week. crazy. Um, and I did it for the bank shift Billy stuff. So we'd have some yeah. content for marketing and whatnot, but yep. totally not into cars at all. And like was just blown away by the whole thing. Like, like he's not a car guy now. It's just, it's just not going to be, but yep. like, he's like, wow. He goes like, I had no idea like anything about any of it. Yep. And he was just so impressed with the camaraderie, the people, everybody helping everybody. Like he'd never been exposed to anything like that. And yeah. he's in college and, I'd like to think, I hope that makes an impression on him for the rest of his life. Cause yeah. I don't know what other hobbies that people get into that have that kind of, Mm-mm. that kind of environment. I just, I yeah. don't know. Maybe, maybe there are some, but I'm not, maybe a knitting club. I don't know, but uh, it, it would have to be knitting or book reading something. It's Probably. definitely not anything yeah. as competitive as what we do. Cause that's the crazy part. Like <clears throat> one, it's competitive, but then the other side of it, I want you to go as fast as you can so I can then go as fast as I can. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe there's yeah. a competitive knitting club. I don't know. <laughs> They're like little old ladies yeah. over there. That's not, is that how yeah. you knit? Yeah. That's how you knit with the sticks. Yeah. 
Yeah, they get the sticks and math and they get it going. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so obviously we got to talk about some race week stuff. Um, I'm going to, uh, we, we had a discussion before we did this, that uh, when we have to pee, we're, we have to tell everyone that we have to go pee. So I have to pee and get another beer. Um, I'm going to do that while you tell a little bit about some uh, race week. Let's talk about 1.0 and then uh, I'll be back in just a second. I'm going to put you full screen and let you go at it. Crazy. Okay. All right. So uh, race week 1.0 um, happened five days after Midwest drags. Um, so when I got home, um, I knew that I wanted to make some changes to the clutch that I had in the car. And when I pulled the transmission out, the input shaft was twisted. Um, like a bad problem to have. Um, obviously, I didn't want to run it because it was twisted and cracked. So <clears throat> I I had a stock T56 Magnum in the garage and we threw that in the car, synchronized, just totally stock. And that's what we did 1.0 with um, and ended up hurting that. So we were not competitive at all. Um, matter of fact, the last two days, we didn't even change the car over. We just ran it on the radial tires with the hubcaps on it just to, just to finish. Um, it, it didn't want to stay in second gear or fourth gear. I haven't yet fixed it, but uh, it was not real happy. And then, um, so Mark Shiflett at G-Force uh, managed to get me another input shaft and I got that fixed and got that set up for, um, well, 2.0, but uh, I think we got back and I did streetcar takeover and put that new input shaft in it. We won streetcar takeover and then I was like, well, I need to probably check the input shaft, make sure everything's good before 2.0 well i pulled it out and the shaft was twisted again and i'm like oh man well mark mark came through and um got me another input shaft and then we made some changes to the tune-up on the car so on the shift so i'm actually pulling timing um when it comes back in and i'll have to check it oh no i did just pull it out because i had to pull the motor out and the input shaft is not twisted so that's good. But again, if that was, and this is no, I'm not thrashing Liberty gears at all, but there is no way that I can go in and push off like that quickly from Liberty. Um, but G-Force came through and I'm on the third input shaft. So that's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're a fantastic, they're fantastic guys to work with. So anyway. Yeah, cool. So can you repeat all of that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, all right. So play it back. Yeah. Yeah. Here, hang on. We're going to reverse it. Um, so 2.0 was obviously a ton of fun. Um, let's talk about, did you eat at IHOP in Tulsa? Cause everyone I think did. Maybe, I don't know. Did something bad happen there? No. Like, uh, I saw a ton of pictures and a lot of the YouTubers, uh, were putting videos up. And they were starting the day out and they were like, oh, yeah, we just finished <laughs> breakfast. And they'd be like panning and it was IHOP. And I was like, holy shit, that's where I eat dinner the night before. Yeah, yeah, I, we probably did. I mean, um, certainly race week is not a week of eating regularly or nutritious. No. It's like whatever the hell you can get, you yeah. got to take it. Because, like, I remember, um, oh, Bucky's. Oh, yeah, Dude, man. The place was amazing. Like, we'd stop in there for breakfast. And the one day I was like, all right, I'm getting lunch for tomorrow. And I yeah. picked up a couple sandwiches and I ended up 
splitting that with my co-pilot because he was like, geez, that looks pretty damn good. I'm like, oh, no, it's really good. It's really good. Here, have some. <laughs> yeah, here, I go ahead and eat half of this. But That's uh, awesome. So, yeah. so how do you guys handle meals when you're on the trip? That's always a question I ask everybody. As far as what? Um, so, like, are you guys, you know, are you a cooler full of, you know, turkey and cheese and you just make sandwiches as you go? Do you eat gas station food? How, how do you typically? Um, depending if stuff's not breaking and stuff. Um, I, 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 breakfast is a real big deal for me. Yep. Um, so we'll, if we get up early, we'll drive for a few hours and then we're going to stop somewhere and eat breakfast. But man, you go through these small towns, these diners, like there's yeah. nothing better. Like, why oh, yeah. would you not do that? So, so breakfast is a big deal. Lunch becomes questionable if you make it. Um, and I will say that Trevor's wife, um, Aaron totally took care of us this year. Like nice dinners at the track, like pizza, sandwiches kfc like it was amazing because Listen, you get to the track i want to pit, pit with you guys next year <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um we chip in money they it was just great yep. i mean it was fantastic you know they were with joe tech so yep. they had uh they had the pretty girls running around too which i'll never <laughs> complain about that um but uh yeah i mean they, the food and it was just awesome we had two 10 by 20 canopies so we had lots of shade yeah um it was great yeah, it was, yeah they had a super cool setup and the corvette ended up like setting world records for I'm like stock, 940s or something. Uh, like, stock block stock trans insanity mm -hmm. yeah insanity. super super <laughs> sweet car and those guys were all super cool yeah, yeah joe tech did a great job and then of course trevor's car was just outrageous. I mean, he went like eight twenty something in that yeah. DTR. Like, yeah. whoa! Yeah, and, and I, I want to say I, actually, I thought they yeah. turned it up and ran like a like a high seven the last day, maybe. Um, got, I don't think he got close. it in the okay. sevens, but I can tell you that I think I think the tuner that was riding with Rich would probably be able to get it in the sevens. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> That is too cool. Okay, so let's move on. Are you ready? I think can't, so. Can't, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the intro that Destroyer okay. 1320 made, and uh, oh, he made an intro. Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't well, even I, seen this. this well, no, no, no. It's what oh, I showed yours. you. It's yeah, it's what I showed okay. you before we uh, right. before we did this. I will say that uh, this is the first uh, real interview in the series of the business of burnouts. This is a. Uh, a new deal for us. I've always, like I said earlier, I've been super interested in learning the story, letting the product developers, owners of shops tell their stories. And obviously uh, we're going to dig in a little bit deep here. This is a, a super cool product and we're going to get into it right now. But first, uh, Destroyer 1320 made this for us. So we got it. So that's too cool. I really appreciate him. That's if awesome. you guys want something like that, uh, reach out my destroyer 1320 at gmail.com. Uh, you can get that kind so, of stuff. So Mike, uh, I have to know how many, how many people just saw that live? How many people um, are watching? There are at least 27 people in here right now. That's amazing. So that's, so that's awesome. pretty neat. It's uh it's been pretty cool. We've been above 20 the whole time. So this is definitely one of our um, largest live feeds. We've been over 30 a couple of times. So, the, the live feeds are interesting because, you know, it's up and down as people, 
you'll see the numbers kind of fluctuate a little bit here and there. And uh, it's always fun because like you can see when folks are like, okay, uh, I want to do some searching. So that's, what's really cool about the podcast, which is what we're going to take. I'll take this audio and make it a podcast. So people could then listen to it uh, while they're in the shop or working, which is a lot easier. And we get tons more listens on our podcast because it's so much easier to do that while you're in the shop. You know, they can take, you know, we're at an hour and a half now, an hour and a half in the shop. You know how it goes. It just blows right by. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. So uh, Jaws at BNC <clears throat> says he can only see seven people watching. We are also live on Facebook. Uh, so you'll see some of the comments like uh, Aaron and Trevor earlier made the comments at the little blue Facebook in the corner. So we're live on both um, just because we have such a large following on Facebook as well. I find it's it's easier and we're going to be where people are. If I could figure out how to go live with StreamYard, which is our software that we use, if I could figure out how to go live on uh, TikTok, which we're at, Instagram, you know, all that kind of stuff, we would do it. We would do it as well. So I, I love that we are able to go live on both of those. And of course, telling the story of Bankshift Billy today, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> so uh, let me get down here, get on my uh, notes. Uh Okay. Uh, yeah, we talked. I, I'll give just a quick recap for folks that weren't here in the beginning. Um, the series, the business of burnouts, uh, we're basically going to talk to people that live and breathe the performance automotive. We'll dive deep into how and why they got started, how products are developed or discovered, you know, if they sell stuff um, and how they market those products and what the future looks like for their business. So why don't you just start out and tell everybody where they can find more info about Bank Shift Billy, like websites, okay. social media, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So um, the website is just the Bank Shift Billy. Oh, wait a minute. No. See, I don't even know it. <laughs> it's just uh, bankshiftbilly.com. Cool. So there's links to the videos. Um, there's a YouTube channel called um, the Bank Shift Billy, uh, Instagram, Bank Shift Billy. Um, and it's just, videos kind of an introductory kind of a funny goofy video yes it's hilarious introducing dude. it <laughs> it is hilarious i love it i was i was at work watching it dying it was good so stuff. there's some intro videos and and um we make in a lot more but it really talks about the digital clutch controller kind of how it started and everything and so basically in a nutshell what the bank shift really is this is the shirt if i can figure out yeah. Camera's backwards, see, but that's the logo. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, uh, it's a digital clutch control device that allows a diaphragm style clutch to operate like a slipper clutch at the drag strip, and you adjust it with an app on your phone. Dude, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> and, and what's crazy is, like, you developed it. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. So we can, I can take the laptop and we go go down into the laboratory. Oh my God! Let's go. Let I let's can show go. you the. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I, I will say while he's walking, um, the, his YouTube channel is really good. He's got a couple really funny videos on there. Um, how kind of you know? Uh, I will say, Bankshift Billy is a, a character on there that is hilarious, um, but it, it gives a really good demonstration of what what it is, how it works. Uh, some in-depth knowledge, you know, kind of on that, on that setup. So definitely go subscribe to the channel. Uh, obviously, obviously do that. 
And here's where we are. Okay. This is so the here's lab. the laboratory. Is that an old you'll TV see stand? some of this in the video too? <laughs> where? I was going to say, it looked like an old TV stand know. or a desk or something <laughs> that you work on, your workbench there. Oh, yeah. It's just an old, it's an old desk. Yes. Um, let me see if I can do this with the camera. So this is actually the clutch, the McLeod clutch that I went 890s on right here. So this is a test fixture that I built. You can kind of see that. Back here we have just a regular, it's a Willwood clutch, master cylinder here. Um, goes into the hydraulic portion of it. So you just come out of the master cylinder into this and then out of the master cylinder to this. I have a pressure gauge here just for testing purposes, not necessary because yeah. I didn't know how many, how much PSI was involved in a hydraulic clutch. And I can tell you this one has, I don't know, 20, 2,500 pound pressure plate, something like that. And it's only 300 pounds of pressure. So it's, it's a lot less wow. than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but you go into that and then, and then here we've got the Bluetooth controller. Um, and we developed this. So this is a circuitry that you connect to with the phone. And um, I could, we can try to show you the app a little later. I'm going to set okay. this down okay. and see, see if I can put this in a spot where you can, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this. If you go to the video on the YouTube page, you can totally yep. see it. But when you plug this in, you'll get an LED light here showing power. Um, and we'll see if this will work. So I don't know if you could see it. Yeah, we, we could definitely hear it for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that'll be a great. It, will, will you point out kind okay. of what, what they're going to be looking for? Yeah, so this is a hydraulic release bearing here. Yeah, see. Oh, yeah. there. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see when you push it, you get this gap. This is releasing the clutch. Now, when you dump it, see it's holding and then releasing. So that's, without getting too detailed, when you go to flip a clutch, it's going to approach a bite point. So like the first three inches of the clutch pedal aren't going to do anything. The last um, one inch is what we need to control. So on the app, it will help you figure out what that bite point is where the clutch starts to bite or start to engage. And then um, you're going to go into the bite point a little more. So with the app, you can control in milliseconds how long the clutch pedal free flow, free flow, you know, releases and then it stops. And that's what you're seeing there is it's hitting the bite point and then holding it there for how long you want to slip the clutch and then it's releasing. So like that, it's holding it there and then it releases. So that's really what it would be like right there. And you could see the very small gap, um, but that's all prefaced by, so here's the clutch pedal here and here's the switch that releases as soon as you release the clutch pedal it's hard to do holding a laptop and everything but when you release it that's when it starts the timer and then you dial it in to slip the clutch so what what i found and and, and another thing too that adam dory helped helped with is on the clutch controller mm -hmm. this is also a 12 volt output 
So when that thing is doing its thing, it's also outputting 12 volts. You could run it to a, um, a light in some applications. You could run that to a two-step. So the two-step will shut off as soon as the clutch controller is done doing its thing. Um, so there's lots of applications for it. And I can tell you that we're working on, yes, it's a slower release yep. than just popping it. But the difference is, um, you know, there are some clutch controller devices out there, like Magnus makes a hydraulic one that's adjustable with a pencil valve. And I've experimented with those and it works, it can work really well. Of course, we've probably all heard of the clutch tamer and that physically mounts to the clutch pedal um, and releases it. Um, <clears throat> the challenge with that one is it works really well on a car that, uh, you know, makes five, 600 horsepower. Mm -hmm. um, but it modulates the clutch unless you hook up some kind of special linkage so the thing drops away after the launch. But um, <clears throat> you have to mount the whole assembly under the dash. And a guy that just spent 60, 70,000 on a Corvette or a Camaro or a Viper or something like that, he's not going to want to cut up his dash to do. Yeah. It's basically a hydraulic adjuster for a screen door. Um, and they work really well. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but but I'm not but I'm not going to cut open my dash to put that in there. Yeah. Um, and then the Magnus one, it works really well too. But the problem is, is it modulates the entire stroke of the clutch pedal, which is mm -hmm. fine for race week. But if you want to go bracket race, how are you going to cut a light when it's slowing down your clutch release? Yeah. Like how do you you go to launch and then it's going to take time. Yeah. So with this, you still launch it with the clutch. It's going to release as fast as you can. You just sidestep it, and it'll yep. go right to the bite point. It'll hold it there for you know however long you of decide. A second, one second, two, whatever, and then and then it will release. And if you look at the videos on the Insta on Instagram, I have a couple of videos of with it and without it from the same exact day, and you'll see the difference. Like literally without it it's so freaking violent the side windows of the car are shaking yep the tires just boom it bounces and yep you know over the years i've upgraded the suspension and shocks i finally went with mensers which they're not inexpensive they don't give those babies away <laughs> um because i had qa1s and they just couldn't control it around because it was driving yep. the tire so hard into the ground that it would bounce and then it would spin yep and um with the clutch controller, everything is so much softer that I probably could get away with the QA1s now. But I have Mensers. Yeah. And and I actually did the fastest 60 foot of the week on air shocks. So maybe my Mensers are a little bit tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, if anybody can find somebody that's gone, um, how fast did you go on air shocks? 916 at 163. Yeah. If anybody can find anybody that's been faster, not your uncle that had a car in the 70s uh, that's been faster on air shocks, please tell us. <laughs> with a stick, with a stick. Yeah, yeah. But at, at any rate, um, so so what I found it's there's three things that happen with a stick car, um, and, and the videos outline this really clearly. But you're either going to spin the tires, it's going to bog if you have traction. You're going to launch it. It's going to and then accelerate through. So the the data curve is going to be like you're on the two step, and then it does this huge bog, and then yep. it just has to recover and climb out of that. Yeah. Ideal flipper clutch looks like this, and it's like an automatic. It just goes up to the gear change. On 
the, the bank shift billy, and it's an in-between. It's not going to work on a maximum effort stick car. You're still going to be better off with the flipper clutch. Yep. But dual-purpose car where you're going to drive it on the street, that data log, I've got some that do assimilate that curve. It's not as smooth, but yep. it makes a huge difference. Um, so you're either going to spin the tires, bog, or brake parts. Those are the three things that are going to happen. <laughs> when you slip the clutch, the motor is maintaining power. It's also, uh, if it's a boosted car, the boost is building. It's not going away. Um, and like I said, uh, <clears throat> my car went from, like it had run a handful of 9.0 passes. Um, one of the race weeks, it went a 9.02, and that was the quickest it would go. As soon as I put the clutch controller in there, the car was running consistent eights, and then it went 870s. I mean, every, we handed uh, time slips in at every track and Midwest drags, and they were all eight second passes. That's crazy. So that is crazy. I, 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 it's super exciting for me because, I mean, it's it took three and a half years to get to this point with it. Um, and it's been a lot of time and frankly, a lot of money invested. I mean, I'm not an electrical engineer. I'm not a software coder. I don't know how to build a circuit board. So I've had to hire people to help with this stuff, but, yep. and I've had to educate them because a lot of these guys, they don't know anything about a car and racing yep. and I have to explain how the clutch works and what I want it to do. And, and, and we're there and there will be constant revisions in it. And I can tell you, the clutch control I just showed you downstairs is version 1.0. We're currently working on 2.0 for newer cars. It will plug into the OBD2 port. It will what? get all the data. It will get all the data that it needs from the CAN bus network. Because right now, I'm using the Holly only to trigger it, which basically it provides a 12 volt signal to it, and then when you release the clutch, the 12 volt signal goes away. But on the Holly, and you can set this up on a carbureted car. But on the Holly, the way I have it set up is, and you could do this with any aftermarket ECU, but it needs to see three parameters before it will send that 12-volt signal to the bank shift billy. It needs to see miles power less than three. It needs to see TPS, I have it set above 90%, and the clutch pedal has to be pressed. Once one of those three goes away, it drops a 12-volt signal and it never comes back. Because when you make a pass, your miles per hour goes up over three miles an hour, hopefully, <laughs> and it won't trigger it again. So it only works on the launch. It doesn't work on subsequent shifts down the track. That, that's that's a big question I, I had earlier. And I actually, I sent you a message. I'm like, hey. Uh, you did, yeah. How about this? And, and I think that's pretty neat. My immediate thought is the all-wheel drive guys. You know, like, a, like my thoughts, DSM, you know, Mitsubishi 4G63 cars that are all-wheel drive, first and second gen Eclipses. You know, those cars to make power, you know, they run oh. a huge, huge turbo and and you, know, and you forgot of, to mention the Subaru crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah those guys too. So <laughs> I, well, and I'll tell you what, I sold Mitsubishi for like five years as the Evo came out. So like Evo is life, uh STI, eh, it's okay. <laughs> so so here's the thing. Um Shauna Betty, who took second place last year in the stick shift class because I broke. Uh, like we really broke it. The, it was bad. And that was the first race week I never finished. Um, but he finished second place. He's got a badass uh, Subaru. It runs bottom nines. Um, yeah, which is insane. Um, he has a prototype of this and was going to run it this year for race week. 
had some issues leading up to race week and then unfortunately didn't finish. But I'm very hopeful that we're going to get some data for that. Yeah. And, and I really think, I think the, um, you know, I tried to do a bunch of research and stuff before I pulled the trigger on just flushing all this money away to, to <laughs> design this thing. Yep. So I tried to get an idea what the market size is. It's really hard to know what that is. But I honestly think the import crowd may be one of the biggest customers of this. And the reason being is they don't, nobody makes a slipper clutch that I'm aware of for any of those imports. Oh, wow. And so like, like all the fast Honda guys, you know, like that, that's what kills those cars is the hard launch and axles, you know, so this yep. would help an axle live a little longer too. Yeah. So they've got, um, you know, they've got, you know, multi-disc, super aggressive clutches and they're, they're using the Magnus steel or using the clutch tamers, those types of things to modulate yeah. that clutch so much. Um, but I feel like, and that's one of the things like, with an adjustable slipper clutch, like they're awesome. You set the base pressure, you got to do the counterweights. You do all that through a hole this big in the bell housing under the car. But when you get in the lanes and it gets hot and you can see the cars in front of you blowing the tires off, tracks going away, you're kind of stuck with the tune-up that you put in the clutch in the pits. Yep. The Bankship Billy, you can say, oh, you know, I need to soften up the hit a little bit. You can just make that change in an app on your phone right there in the lane. <laughs> That's wild. All buckled in. So... So yeah, it's it's super exciting. Like yeah. it's been quite a quite a journey because the premise of it is to make this as much as I can in the United States because yep. I love this country and frankly a lot of the issues we have are because years ago we started outsourcing stuff and yep. now we see like like penicillin is a perfect example. We we had a huge need for it. Well, we constantly do. And then when the whole when COVID hit and we stopped importing stuff from China. It was like 80% of our whole penicillin production comes from overseas. Yep. Why the heck aren't we making that stuff here? And it yep. all comes down to the dollar. Like, like it's, it's penicillin. It's not like it's some crazy thing. You know, like, it's, well, Christ, it wasn't, it was created here. Yeah. It was created in this country by, was it sock, Dr. Sock or something in the forties? Something like that. Yeah. I don't something know. like that. And um, yeah, it's just frustrating to me. As a matter of fact, if you guys haven't seen some of the Instagram posts, um, and I could go grab one of the circuit boards, but it says right on the back of the circuit board, it says F, I don't know, a couple of symbols, <laughs> K, U, China, made in USA, basically. It's printed on every circuit board. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> so so that, that leads me into, um, you know, a lot of times folks will use China once they have, or uh, Taiwan or one of the other, countries, you know, where people work for $2 a week um, because they have the system sorted, right? The, what are some of the, the struggles are, well, let's back up. What is the benefit, obviously, other than supporting local hardworking Americans? Um, yep. What's another benefit to use like U.S. based, you know, like to, to have U.S. based companies build that? Well, I get to put a few China on the circuit board. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's the number one. That's number one. <laughs> no. So, so, and I'll tell you, I mean, there are bits and pieces. Some of the parts that we source, like the hydraulic pieces, they're commercially available stuff. Mm -hmm. But as I started looking at it, the fittings that I was getting from them, they say right on them made in China. And they're literally like 65 cents a piece. Yeah. And I refuse to use them. I'm going to be using um, the, uh, 
oh, what are the ones I'm thinking of? <laughs> what are the US made fittings that motion solves? Um, uh, oh, brain it's fart. not Russell. It's not it's Russell. Not Russell. Who is it? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, maybe, thanks to motion research. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so the fittings there, they're like seven bucks a piece. That's a huge piece, and there's two of them. Yeah. So instead of spending a dollar twenty, I'm gonna spend fifteen bucks yeah. on two hydraulic fittings, and I'm okay taking a smaller margin Earl's. on the product. Jo it's not Earl's. It's not Earl's. Oh. It's it's another one. Um, Dang it! I'll think of it. Um, <laughs> at come. any rate, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take a smaller. I'll take a smaller margin to to support and keep it local. I mean, I just yeah. will. And I'll be honest, there are some of the electronic parts that I just can't get here. We have to get yeah. them from overseas. It is what it is. Um, yep. But yeah, yeah. And, and hey, it, it is honestly, what it is for right now. Yep. I, I think the chip shortage will have a ton to do with our future, um, you know, that, that type of building stuff here in the States. You know, part of it, I don't know how much you've read into that and the chip shortage for the, uh, the automotive no. industry. So part of the problem is, is the technology they're using is so outdated that the chip manufacturers are having to go back in time to build the chips that they need because they haven't really embraced 21st, uh, 21st century electronics technology. Wow. So they're like, you guys, we're having to go back and build um, <clears throat> chips from you guys we were making 20 years ago. That's crazy. In, in these brand new cars. And it's just, they haven't evolved that fast. And granted, the electronic industry evolved super quickly in that technology. Yep. But they're using antiquated stuff, antiquated. Um, <laughs> but it just is what it is. So that's that's crazy. So that's really yeah. cool. I mean, like, what are some of the challenges you run into with with running U.S. based, you know, like assembly and and all the part, you know, all the things that come from that? Um, well, it's been fairly easy. So uh, <laughs> easy is relative. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, like it's just faster. I mean. You know, I would imagine if you try to outsource this, um, you're going to have, you've got to deal with it being shipped from across the ocean. Yep. Uh, there's going to be a communication issue, potentially. Yep. Those types of things, like I can talk to, like the guys that are building the enclosure, they're in Minnesota. And the one I just showed you downstairs, that's the prototype. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, I sent them one of the boards and I said, this is what I need. This, 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 they sent me that and we're making a couple of revisions, but it's real close. That's um, awesome. And, and, and same and with like, yep. you can, you can overnight that, you know, you can, if you needed to, you could overnight that part to the folks you in could. Michigan and they could overnight it back and it wouldn't cost you, you $2,000 to get it to somebody in China. Right. And right. you know, that's part of the other struggle too, is like there's 70 boats on the water right now, probably more, trying to get into the port, you know, like you're, yeah. you're, there's not 5,000 bank shift Billy sitting on that thing and you're going, That's Oh right. my God, That's are right. we going to get here by, by Christmas? Right. You know? They're wait, you're waiting for sneakers and, and dildos and stuff to be unloaded before your project. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, priorities, yeah. man, priorities. That's right. That's right. That's right. But um, no, and, and it was interesting. So I was sourcing parts from TE connectivity and, you know, part of their sales thing, you know, and I'm just like, I'm ordering like a handful of things and they're, they're calling me. They're like, Hey, how can we help you? You know, what can we do to help me? I said, well, I said, I need a PCB manufacturer. Um, and, 
I didn't say PCP. I said PCB, like printed circuit board. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, whatever you're into, bud. That's whatever it, that's keeps right. you up developing this product, that's what we need. <clears throat> yeah. So, so they came back to me and they said, yeah, this uh, this advanced circuits deal, and and they're in Aurora, Colorado, and I'm like, did you, did you like basis on where I live? And they're like, no, no, they just ordered tons of stuff from us. So they're like, I mean, Aurora is an hour from me. Yeah. So they asked me for the shipping information. I said, I'm not giving it to you because I'm picking it up right now. <laughs> yeah. And I drove yeah, don't down. Even, don't and, even put it in the mail. I'm coming. Yeah. And that was super cool to go down there and see their yeah. facility. Like, it's mind blowing the the kind of stuff. Like, I'm running. Our first run was four prototype units, and we had to make a small change. And we're going to run four more, and that's super expensive. But <laughs> I got to make sure it's right. Yeah. And once the second run is done, if everything tests out good, then we're all set. I just pull the trigger on, I don't know what that first production run's going to look like, maybe 500 units. Mm, that's it's pretty really, cool. So, so do, you totally, think you'll, yeah. do you think you'll do, and this is earlier in the questions that I wanted, but do you think you'll do like a big pre-order? You know what I mean? Like to, so, to kind of help fund some of the... So we already did. Um, we oh, did... Cool. Um, and this was on a suggestion from William Fowler, actually. Um, set up the YouTube channel. I created and launched an Indiegogo campaign. If you're not familiar with what Indiegogo is, if you're familiar with Kickstarter, yep. Kickstarter is more designed for um, literary stuff, movies, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Indiegogo is more for products like electric yep. bikes, cars, coffee makers, that kind of stuff, bank shift billies. Yeah. Um, so we launched an Indiegogo campaign and that just ended last week, but we had special pre-order pricing on that and we raised some funds for that. That's great. Uh, to go towards production and we had t-shirts and stickers and stuff. I think mm -hmm. someone, uh, one person bought a t-shirt and I think we had 17 or 18 pre-orders. Two are going to Australia, one's going to New what? Zealand and the rest are in the States. It's crazy. Like it's so cool. <laughs> That's what so, I think that would be the coolest thing about this is like, like this is something that can be used everywhere, you know, like, no. and you start thinking about just the, well, like you've said, you know, just the ramifications of everyone being able to use it and like how, how they can, can take that and make their car faster. Well, and, it, and honestly, there's other markets that have kind of bubbled to the surface that I had never even thought about. Like, for example, um, Lewis Floquette with Crower. They make all kinds of engine parts, but they have a huge clutch division. And they were oh, like, wow. you know what? Our tractor pull guys might be very interested in this. And I'm like, Shh, I don't know anything about tractor pulling, except they blow <laughs> stuff up all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. All the time. But they run clutches, apparently. I didn't even know. And, no, huh? And, um, you know, I know the stick shift stuff is, from a production OEM type standpoint, is going away. But... And I don't know if it's because I'm more tuned into it, but it seems like stick shift drag racing is really making a comeback. Yeah. Well, I mean, damn, dude. I mean, do, do, you, like, do you see that? You're changing the world like 870 <laughs> passes. People are like, I got to get some of that. <laughs> I mean, it, so, he, you know, here's the thing. Like Garrett does such a good job of bringing good content to, I would say, tons of young people. Okay. So dude, he's a genius. Yeah. Well, he's great. And he's a great dude. And he, he does mm -hmm. stuff really well. His editing is good. I, like he's just a good dude. Right. 
And so when you start thinking about a kid that's 16 years old that gets his dad's Honda Civic or his dad's, I don't know what would be a rear wheel drive manual trans car or truck, you know, that would be something that would be as as like a Toyota pickup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like if you're a 16 year old and you're watching him, you're, you're upgrading your car, you're putting stuff on it. You're trying to go faster. You're, you're getting into that. And obviously with Leroy being a stick car, that's, I mean, that is a huge car for the stick scene. So then, Mm -hmm. you know, you you obviously followed the trend of like, you know, 1320 covering that car, then 1320 following yours and Rich's car and all of the other stick cars that have come along and been fast. And you put a, you know, a 20 year old in behind the, the, behind the steering wheel and a stick. They're like, this is where it's at. This is where it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I definitely, well, I definitely think, this, yeah, yeah. So well, I, definitely, I definitely think it's coming back. Pur- they don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the twenty year old decides they don't want to carry a purse. <laughs> hey, now automatics are generally <laughs> faster. <laughs> they are, they are, but but you gotta have a gotta have somewhere to put your purse. So, well, I, no, I I'm, mean, just, he, I'm just kidding. I have well, I have so much respect for the the fast auto guys. They they have. A lot of challenges as well. Hey, too, so. Here's what it says right here. Now, if, if nobody follows uh, Jaws at BNC Performance on Facebook or on YouTube, you need to go do that. Super cool channel. Um, he lives in Hawaii, has a 57 Chevrolet. Um, if you are any, you know, like he says, real hot rods have three pedals. And that's the truth. I mean, <laughs> it, it's always been like that, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. all right. So. I have to ask this question. Where did you even know where to start? Like, I know you probably had the idea of like, how can, how can I do this? But like, I mean, you developed a product out of your brain. How, where do you even start with something like that? So, I mean, I knew what I needed to, I knew what I needed to create, but I just didn't know how to do it from, so I had to cheat and look at Motion's website. It's Fragola is the fish. Ah, the fittings. Yeah. There <laughs> so, you go. Yeah, it's killing me. I'm like, God, what is that? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So so I started thinking about it. And um, so I started looking at um, ways. Like, I don't want to give away kind of the whole background to it. But yeah. there, are, there are commercially available... Mm-hmm. Um, Bluetooth devices to control hydraulic stuff, like oh, I got you. Okay. all yep. that kind of stuff. So I started messing around with that and got involved with that. And some of the stuff was super awesome, but it couldn't do exactly what I needed. Yep. And I talked to some of these companies and I'm like, here's what I need. It doesn't do this. Can you work with me? Can you customize your app so that I can put my logo on it and we can do this and Maybe I'm an impatient person, but I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I just, I hired, uh, I hired an electrical engineer and I said, this is what I need. Let's make it happen. And, and building the hardware piece wasn't so terrible because we're already using some of the hydraulic stuff that's commercially available and tested millions of cycles and stuff. The coding is what's taken like no joke, it's mm. taken over a year to get the coding where it is to make it work. And it's such a simple, in my mind, it's so simple. I'm like, it just yeah. needs to do this when the button releases, hold <laughs> it. And and I saw a question earlier 
Um, can you change how fast it applies a clutch once the timer is timed out? Um, yes and no. So um, once you're at the slip point, let's just leave it at yes and no. We can kind of go offline to discuss some of the finer details. But uh, there's going to be the, the basic version that you get um, when you order it is going to work just fine. If you want to be able to save your clutch tune-ups, because if you're going on a no prep surface on a hard tire, that clutch tune is going to look very, very different than a slick on a heavily prep track. You can get way more aggressive with the clutch. Um, but if you want to save the clutch tune-ups, if you want to get into some of the more advanced functions as far as actually, instead of just a, a delay and hold and then a release, if you want to do a delay and then a ramp down, um, those will be the advanced functions and those will be a subscription type deal. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of what it's, what it's looking like from that standpoint. That's Did that, that answer your question? <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so we talked about benefits, challenges of made in, uh, made in USA. Oh yeah. Here we go. Did you tear <laughs> anything up with early prototypes? <laughs> oh, oh God. Yes. So, <laughs> Um, race week 1.0 this year. Do you remember Adam Dory's car? Even yep. before race week started, we were replacing the rear end. That's yeah. because we blew up the rear end using oh. Bankship Billy, trying to get it set up in the pits. Um, <laughs> and and that was that was the genesis of it having a 12 volt output because he was using the two step to trigger the Bankship Billy. Well, when we were trying to creep up on the settings, when the clutch got released, it was slipping too much. And then the two-step freaking went to the moon because there was no load. And then the clutch mm -hmm. released and that thing had a fragile rear end in it before. Yep. And then you're then you're dumping the clutch at 6,500 RPM. <laughs> so it just, that was it. It did it once and it was done. Nice. So they didn't, they didn't use it the rest of the week because we put the other stuff in it and didn't want to risk breaking it. Now he upgraded to the 8.8 deal that's going to be wicked in that and i got them one of the new prototypes for race week but they just ran out of time we didn't get it set up so they weren't yeah. able to test with it um, i'm very hopeful that we'll be able to do some testing with it here before the snow flies yeah uh, i get down there we get it hooked up and and so forth but yes we've torn some stuff up i've torched a few clutches um <laughs> it's just kind of the way it goes that's um, awesome but but i will say too is I've had multiple conversations with Kale Arneson over at Black Magic Clutches, and he is very behind this because, yeah, they sell a lot of clutches. He's kind of the guy to go to for slipper clutches, but he recognizes there's a huge demographic of people like myself that don't want to deal with an adjustable slipper clutch. They just don't want to do it at the track, yep. and, and this is a great fit for that. Yep. And then segueing into that, you know, um, I think in the future, I don't know how far out, but I think it's entirely possible that we release a bank shift Billy line of clutches that are really set up for this type of thing. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I've experimented with some, I have a twin disc centered iron clutch in my car, and those can be crazy aggressive for the street. But I've experimented with some different disc compounds, and I've got one in there that drives really nice, other than the squealing when you release it. It drives really nice on the street. It flips awesome with the clutch controller and it'll hold 1300. Well, it'll hold 1500 plus crank horsepower. 
God, that's awesome. So, and then you could you could pare that down into a single disc for three, four, five hundred, six hundred horsepower car. Yep. So, so yeah, you know, going to be working with Kale on that. I think uh, I, I don't think it's unruly for me to say that that he'll endorse this. Um, that's cool because he sees the possibility for this with yeah. if stick shift racing is is growing and especially with the, the version two with it being able to work on you know any car that has an obd2 port um instead of the holly <laughs> having crazy. to feed it those it'll pull that data from the can bus and it'll just work the only thing they'll have to do is plug the valve in and that's even the power everything they'll just plug it in and it'll yeah. work so that's be pretty neat and my immediate thought is you can take a guy that let's say uh, picks up a late model muscle car and is going to the track, you know, he could buy this and we'll talk cost in a little bit, but um, you know, he could buy this and go to the track. And I mean, you shaved, what'd you say? Three tenths, four tenths, half a second off your ET. Half a second. I yeah. mean, that's crazy. You know? So like he goes out the first time and he's like, you know, he dumps it, it, breaks the axle he's like oh shit he goes back home fixes the axle uh buys this product goes back out drops half a second you know and and I'm i guess half paying. a second yeah half a second is probably the generous side you know i i ran a handful of nine o's and then i went 870 well, but it was more typical to be in the nine ones yeah nine twos well so. and you know you start thinking about just the um i'm 40 I haven't daily driven a, I daily drive a stick 93 to sale. Now we don't need this part on that, but uh, you know, daily driving something that is uh, performance oriented, you know, you could then this, this could be a big game changer for a lot of guys that are uh, moderately, you know, going to go to the track, going to make you know, street passes. You know, they're going to, they're going to leave the line at the stoplight having fun. You know, so it's going to help a lot of that type guy that that maybe not like I would think your car is kind of like you're not ragged edge with your setup, but you're a fast, fast car. You know, late eights is very fast. Eight seventies at one sixty five. That's fast. I, I mean, I don't think like we <laughs> talked earlier, people don't understand what you know, they see 1320 video. Oh, man, car makes thirteen hundred. Yep. That's what I want. I want to make 1300 horsepower. Dude, it's retarded. You don't want that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and I can tell you like just with mine, cause it used to make like 15 pounds on wastegate do anything over about 700 tire on the street with a radial tire. It's just dangerous. Yeah. Like you really have to pay attention because I mean, it, it was really cool. Like I used to be able to do burnouts at 70 miles an hour on the highway yep. and leave stripes. Yep. I don't know why the back tires were out so fast, but yeah, but there were some times too when I would get on it and and just about put it into a you know concrete wall on the highway, and I'm like, this yep. is just stupid. <laughs> and now I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put bigger wastegates on it to control it a little more, but now it'll make eight to ten, and it's way more manageable, but it's still a lot. Like, yeah, well, I mean, with people, with your, yeah. I mean, what's eight to ten probably makes a nine hundred thousand something like that easily that's probably crazy. yeah it's it's uh you know i i don't ever want to come across like i'm boasting but yeah like people that have a three or four hundred horsepower car you put them in a five or six hundred horsepower car like a hellcat dude that's fast yeah i mean 
it's yeah. all about perspective. An 11 second yeah. street car is pretty insane. Like it yeah. really is. And honestly, yeah. in street mode, my car maybe goes 11 something. I don't, yeah. I don't even know if it would go tens because it's so traction limited. But <laughs> yeah. And and it's funny because uh, I think it was Stone Cipher and I were having this conversation, and and earlier in other podcasts I had asked uh, shop owners like Tumba JP, you know Jim Parkinson, what what makes for a fun street car, and like you know that's what you would consider fast on the street, and it's the same thing seven eight hundred horsepower, you know, it's because <laughs> at at any of that you've got to have a tire, you've got to have suspension, and you've got to have decent brakes, like. You can't yeah. turn loose anybody in a 700 horsepower car and go, Hey, yeah, just want you mat that real quick in second. Cause it's going to blow the tires off and they're going to be spinning and the wheels cock like this and they're going to let out. And then it's just immediately that direction, you know? Yeah. They, they honestly have to work up to it. Um, yep. You know, like I said, my car made three second jumps from going 16s to 12s or something. And at the time I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? Like it was nuts. And then it takes, yeah, 500 is perfect. Like yep. 500 tire is a lot. Yeah. And then he says with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's plenty. It's plenty. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, when I drive my car, very rarely will it see eight. Like the tires are pretty much spinning by eight pounds. If you're ever lucky to catch a glimpse of 10, it's because it's just gone, whoa, boom. And it's just yep. like, woo. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, and with bigger wastegates, it'll make less boost. It'll probably be even funner because it's yeah, just you'll, you'll have a little more control. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. So, how many of these are currently in in operation in cars? So mine, obviously, mine has one of the first handle prototypes. There's one should be up and running at Adam Dory's CTSV, um, and then Shauna Betty has one in his Subaru but I don't know that it's hooked up yet gotcha. for getting data. So yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating for me. Um, you know, I, I want to have it in all these cars and get testing and get data, but I, I know how it goes. I mean, you know, they've got to get their entire car ready, not just get my clutch controller in and, yeah. test it. you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I gave it to them, you know, they're, they're free. Yep. And Adam is, he's been helpful with a lot of thoughts and ideas, you know, Adam and Rich have been, you know, for years, I, I would sit on the couch and I'd talk to Rich and I'd be like, dude, what do you think about this? Or how about this? You know, and like some of the some of the main functions of it are because of because of those guys' input. And yes, it's possible in an old car like yours with the carburetor. You can you yep. can set it up and wire it. It's not a, um, not a problem. The key, the key to the setup is the hydraulic clutch. Yeah, you have to have a hydraulic clutch yep. and you have to install. Uh, a clutch switch that you can adjust so that you can adjust it right when you release the pedal, that switch opens. And all it needs is you run 12 volts to that and you run that 12 volt signal to the bank shift Billy uh, Bluetooth controller. And as soon as that 12 volt goes away, meaning as soon as you dump the clutch, that's when the whole controller does its thing. That's and if cool. you wire it, if you wire it up through a line lock, so that the line lock has to be pushed and the clutch pedal has to be pushed. You could have your line lock together. And then when you release the line lock button, they're in series. So then it won't work again on subsequent shifts going down the track on an old school car. That's awesome. Yeah. So Stephen yeah. Hicks has a 66 Impala 
Um, and so here's what I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, Stephen Hicks and I were supposed to race my old truck against the Impala last year for our dragon drive event in April, um, that we do for charity. He didn't make it then. Uh, he's going to make it this time and the race is back on again, uh, for bets. We're, we're betting each other, obviously for donations for the charity. So I'm going to need for him to have one of these bank shift billies because I don't need to have him give any excuse when I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. So, and, and I'm not sure who Jaws at BNC is, but yep. I can go into some more detail. A brake light switch could work, but you need something that's going to be adjustable and highly accurate because that switch needs to be able to be adjusted because we're talking about adjusting it down to the thousandth of a second. And I can tell you that, um, like at Midwest Drags, I made a pass that was like 890s, and I changed the setting in the clutch controller by two thousandths of a second, and the next pass went 870. I mean, that's that's crazy. The amount the amount of just that minute control, and um, like those switches. I mean, would that is that going to be something that'll come as part of like the 2.0 kit, or they'll will need oh, to source that? So so the 2.0 kit. Any of those newer cars already have an OEM brake or an OEM clutch switch that it will utilize. Oh, I got you. That makes sense. Well, so I, the, I was thinking like 2.04 uh, the, for Jaws is 57. Like, oh, will, oh will he so source for that, the... Yeah, he'll have to source a switch. Um, on, on the YouTube channel, if you watch some of those, I'll show a picture of the switch that I put in my car. It's, you know, it's a $100 switch. It's an Omron mm -hmm. switch, but it's super high quality and you can totally adjust it. I mean, it's got a little roller wheel on the end of it. There are some lower cost options that you can get, and I think they would work. But you really want to set it up. Like, the way I set up mine is on the clutch pedal. There is a um, – see, this is so weird because it's opposite of what I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the clutch pedal, as it, as it comes and hits the switch, this rod is a fine thread bolt. So I can, I can totally tune – that mm. point and it's fine thread so it's even more adjustable than a yep. coarse thread and then you just lock it down with a lock nut and it's set that's pretty awesome that's yeah. uh so you know i mean me i'm always i just put it in d and drive and do burnouts so it's <laughs> it's really interesting to me how that kind of stuff can uh can work it's it's pretty awesome yeah. so yeah. um and, and and frankly what i'm doing with the clutch controller is not any different than what the dct transmissions like what's in the um uh, GTR, mm -hmm. they have, they have launch control, like any of those, like, uh, the Audi, uh, R8s, any of those cars that have those dual clutch transmissions, mm -hmm. they're doing the same thing. The OEM is doing it. That's how they launch. Cause it's a clutch transmission. It has two clutches. Mm -hmm. And when they do the launch, it's, it's doing the same exact thing. It's flipping the clutch. It doesn't just engage it cause it'll blow the transmission apart. Yep. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah uh so he he says there's no one here in hawaii has anything like that and there are a lot of stick guys mostly volkswagens oh yeah that would be fantastic for them as a matter of fact did you guys see that 10 second black volkswagen that was at race insanity dude, that dude. so awesome oh, i, I talked it. to him i talked to him quite a bit and he has a clutch slipper device that he had devised off of some type of thing for some industry. I don't even know what it was, but it's under a seat and it's really cool. And it freaking works. 
I mean, a 10 second bug that still has a VW motor in it yeah. with a turbo, yeah. it's air cooled. Yeah. Like it was, was wild, to, man. Yeah. I was expecting to see an STI motor in there or something and it was yep. still a VW motor air cooled. I was like, that's badass. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy. He said tens is a streetcar here in Hawaii. That's crazy. That's fast. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yep. And you know, the cool thing about, like, I would think that that, uh, region of the car scene would be very small, you know, like, cause you're on an Island, you know, like, so it's not, you don't, you're not going to another Island, you know, to, yeah. to do that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so wow. cool. Huh. That's pretty neat. So you said Volkswagen earlier. What? So is your daily driver some little shitbox like a? You got like a Passat, a Golf. What do you, What do you daily then? No, I have. Um, so I have a 2015 uh, Volkswagen Golf Sport Wagon TDI. It's a six-speed oh, diesel. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the very, very first brand new car I ever bought. Um, I bought it. It's it's a kind of a funny story. So. Um, my buddy Bill Leak again. He had a diesel Jetta, three hundred fifty thousand miles. He creamed yep. an elk with it and pulled oh. the car. But I was like, yeah, because I drove Subarus and I do a lot of driving for for work, and um, like thirty thousand miles a year. Dang. And I was like, the diesel would be nice because he gets like forty fifty miles a gallon. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm gonna go test drive one because I'll buy a used one. Well, unbeknownst to me. The morning I went down to test drive one at the dealer was the first day they were allowed to sell these. They had a whole lot full of yeah. 2015 diesels that they hadn't been able to touch for two years because of the whole diesel gate thing. Oh, yeah. So, and they were giving 0% financing for five years. <laughs> I, I bought the car for like 22,000 bucks, brand oh new. That's brand crazy. new. Yeah. And so proceeded to do a couple of mods. I uh, put, uh, some really good headlights in it like on the upper model uh ones uh put a little bit bigger wheel on it and then i put a kerma tune on it and it's pretty awesome like it makes like 350 foot pounds of torque that's what's up <laughs> yeah <laughs> that and, is a fun little car i'm sure and i get like 44 miles a gallon it's ridiculous <laughs> well hey listen thirty thousand miles a year if you're gaining like five miles per gallon over what you were that's a big oh, swing. I went from a Subaru that got 24 miles a gallon, so I doubled it. So, so oh. the amount of the amount of cost savings in fuel alone pays for half of what the car payment was, and it's oh, 300 yeah. bucks a month yeah. because it's zero percent. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's pretty Diesel great. Dieselgate worked out in your favor for that one for sure. It sure did. It sure <laughs> did, and and yeah, the car is great. So. Yep. So. Um, if someone is super interested in getting themselves one of these now, like how, how do they do that? How do they, how do they buy one? How do they get a hold of you? So go through the website, um, bankshipphilly.com. We've got, uh, Travis Foster, I don't know if you know him. Um, but he is, he's helped me set up the website and do all that. Um, and we have it set up, set up there with uh, the Shopify deal. Um, again, we're not, we're not planning to be shipping any of the pre-orders until December because we're still getting manufacturing lined out, but we have time. So, um, yeah, so that's about it. And like I said, we're, we're working on developing 2.0 version for the OBD2 type stuff as well. And you can still use version one in an OBD2, but it'll be a much cleaner install with the second version. Well, I mean, like, you know, plug that thing in. It's so much easier for, mm -hmm. for maybe a novice, um, new to performance uh person you know yeah yeah for sure 
So, and cost, because you mentioned it, and I'm sure people are asking. So, version one is priced at 875, and people are going to go, whoa, that's expensive. But let's think about when you don't have this and you go and you break your axle in your new car. <laughs> yeah. They're like at least that much, or you yep. blow up the transmission, or you blow up the rear end. I mean, you're, you're in for a couple thousand bucks when you start blowing up that IRS stuff in the back. Yep. So, this is significantly less money than that. And when it's set, you're not going to break that stuff because on a newer car, and some of them are very fast. Yeah. One of the first things people do is put a sticky tire on it. And as soon as they get traction, as we talked about earlier, yeah. you don't break stuff until you get traction. And once you do, you're going to start inducing some carnage. And yeah. this will help reduce that carnage because you're not shocking the drivetrain when you dump the clutch. Yeah. So uh, Richard, who is Dirty Panda on uh, YouTube, uh, he's been putting an LS240 together. And so he's, you nice. know, he's T56 set up in it. So he's going to, he's definitely going to be needing this because nice. uh, he's coming after some of your, like his goal is some of your time, time, like ET time uh, out of that car uh, to run close to what you run or, or faster. So, well, at 240, he's probably got at least, at least a thousand pound advantage <laughs> already. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, come get you some because it won't be hard. <laughs> a thousand pounds is, and honestly, you look at Garrett's car, Leroy, it's 800 pounds lighter than mine and a thousand pounds lighter than Rich's car. Um, you know, if I dropped 800 pounds, would my car run eight O's? Probably. Yep. So, That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. But I, to, to me personally, uh, it wouldn't be worth it to do that. Like with what I your car I is. And like how, what, what I feel like how well it would drive, you know, just because of how much I see you drive it, you know, um, <laughs> I'm going to get us some seat, some passenger seat time in that thing next year though, for deal, sure. Deal. And here, here's what I can tell you when it's raining outside, I just roll up the window. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to put on a rain suit. I don't have to wear earmuffs. We have a conversation. Oh, and when it gets cold, I just turn the heat on. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where it's at. Uh, we don't get to do that in the cart. It gets super cold. And, uh, Thank we you, were putting, ca- we were putting cardboard on the doors, uh, t- to try and knock <laughs> some of the wind off of us. So it, it wasn't yeah. as bad this year. The mornings, uh, last year's 2.0 was pretty chilly. Yeah. So yeah, that's exciting. So t- tell us what the future of, of Bankshift Billy is. I mean, you talked about a clutch line maybe. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a number of other products that uh, uh, we're going to be developing um, that don't have anything to do with stick shift racing. Um, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to spill the beans on what some of those are, but yeah, they're going to be some, they're going to be some game changers, I think um, as well. Like, uh, like I'm just amazed that some people haven't come out with some of these things yet, but we're going to develop them and and get them pushed out there. So, yeah. And and then obviously, I mean, I think an OBD two uh, port setup will be. I think that is game changer for what this is because it's super easy, uh, app based yeah. stuff. And it'll be a pass through plug, so when they have their tuner or whatever they plug in, it's not yeah. going to hog the port. They can plug it right in the back. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, keep that stuff. So yeah, yeah, that that's even better. So like you know, I, I just think of like how like everybody could then use it. You know, it makes it, again, it makes it easy for a, for a novice person to throw this in and yeah. and shave a little bit of time off of their, their ET or off of their, you know, street times or whatever. Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. So it, it's exciting. And, and I, 
I, I want to say thank you for you know inviting me to be on this and talk about oh, dude. it. Yeah, it's, I love uh, it. It's, I love it's it. it. I think so. Thanks. It's it's super cool that you can take something that was uh, obviously something you felt like you needed and, and then develop that and like come up with it. And, you know, all that came out of your brain, dude. That's pretty cool. It's been a little <laughs> crazy the past for sure. Like, <laughs> like I, I have trouble with patience with myself mostly. And three and a half years, it's been torturous. Really uh, has. I can so, only imagine, you know, and yeah. the, the cool thing is like, I would think, and this is my opinion, but once you get one in that's not in your car, you get one in and it's like, oh, somebody's like, oh, do this or it needs to do this. And and you're making changes. Yeah. I would think that would completely re-energize me. It would just write to the moon. I'm I'm back in the middle of it. Yeah. And honestly, um, Sean, a Betty Subaru, it's been bottom nines. And I, I, I really believe that this, this will help put that car in the eights because it's all about the watch. He has all the traction available, yep. but they break a lot of transmissions because they don't make bill up transmissions for the Subarus. Mm -mm. They're running stock trannies. Yeah. And he's making like 900 horsepower. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you combine that with all wheel drive traction's usually not your problem. Breaking <laughs> yeah. parts is. And yep. if you can control that clutch engagement down to the millisecond, it's, it's like, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, uh, dude, I, I really want to say thanks. I want to say thanks to everybody that's watched tonight. Uh, it's been it's been an awesome turnout. I, I really appreciate that from everybody. I, I do have a last favor though for all the folks that are in the chat. Um, if you'll drop down, if you're on uh, YouTube, if you'll drop down and make a comment in the regular comment section, that'll help us get back in like that'll help keep us in the rhythm with youtube and we would be super appreciative if you hadn't done it yet i mean you gotta hit the like button this dude just spent two and a half hours three hours we've been on uh on a work night a school night whatever it is uh talking to us about about cars and all that kind of stuff so and, dude, and you know what i didn't even get into was this i I know. Like we didn't even, <laughs> hey, listen, I got time. It's only nine thirty here. <laughs> so, but I, I want to say thanks. You stay with me. Uh, I'm going to close this down. Unless you got any any final things we didn't cover. No, oh. I think it was nope. great. So yep. somebody, we got to ask uh, about other hobbies because somebody had said you need to get out the guitar. Do you play <laughs> instruments? What's another hobby? If you live in Colorado, do you mountain bike? I have a mountain bike. It hasn't been down in a couple of years, but I love mountain biking. Um, uh, yeah, I used to play in a band in college. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This, the Bankship Philly and the stick car stuff um, has occupied a lot of time. I haven't picked up the guitar in a while, so I'm super rusty. Um, you know, I like, I like to work out, and uh, I train with a lot of influence from Rich Guido. Um, I started... I started training jujitsu. I'm not very nice. good, not very good, but um, <laughs> I started doing that. And um, I'd like to get together with Rich to really learn because he's he's been doing it for like 15 years. He's oh, that's he's awesome. Le he's lethal. <laughs> so um, so there's that. Um, I mean, I like to travel. I have I have my own company in addition to um, to the Bank Shift Billy. You know, I have that's a couple cool. other companies, so it, it's. And honestly, the biggest trouble I'm having right now is finding people to work. So that has Dang. that has taken a lot of time away from the bank shift Billy right now. It's just it's just tough trying to balance it all because yep. it's that's my bread and butter right now is my other company and just yeah. trying to keep that working and running smoothly is 
is a challenge without good people. So yeah, listen, we need we need some people to work for his ass so he can develop more bank shift billy stuff. You bastards, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yep. That is that is too crazy. All right. Well, hang tight with me. I just wanted yep. to make it to two and a half hours. This is one of the longest uh live feeds we've ever done, and uh, and we'll make a great podcast. So again, if you guys are still with us. Uh, you can find it on the podcast. I'm going to do some editing to this, cut out some of my ramblings and uh, make it sound all cool. Uh, and the podcast will drop later this week. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can do that. So uh, Dirty Panda says he's game to help in any way he can. And he is a good dude. He helps us with a ton of social media questions and things like that. So, all right. Thanks, dude. Cool. I'm in, the, I'm in it for Thanks, everybody Mike. else. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. I 